listen, I wanna rip mad dabs as bad as the next guy. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Lorian, Lorian, Lorian and Spencer. Dame DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. Bowl After Bowl, Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. on folks it is on it is on they're fucking full of shit this is america you dumb son of a bitch okay she's so close to me take you a nap you're gonna want to hit me so damn bad in my mouth it's so overtly sexual guilty as charged overtly sexual on tuesday nights you're listening to Bowl After Bowl. Welcome. It is March 21st, 2023. And uh, this is episode number 233 of Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're the bowlers. We're so glad that you're listening in. Opening your ear holes and uh, letting us into your hearts and minds on another Token Tuesday. Oh, man. Rolling in again from uh, teaching class to kicking ass, I guess. What is it? Yeah, night class. Or getting my ass kicked. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. One or the other, I suppose. Oh man, this this evening schedule has me absolutely rocked and wrecked. Yeah, like your circadian rhythm and everything. Yeah, I just because you can't just stop work and go straight to bed if you're me anyway. Yeah, you gotta unwind. And so you got like this uh, this mental unwinding that has to go down before you can even really get in bed and go to sleep. And so it's kind of been like six a.m. to one p.m. is my sleep window now. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that evening shift stuff. I love it. <laughs> It'll be fun when morning classes come back. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know, man. That was sarcasm. I'm going to have to throw that all the way to the other side. Because, yeah, I'm going right back to mornings of the week after this evening thing. Because so it's tonight and then two more weeks of this evening. Oof. 10 o'clock start stuff. So uh, we appreciate every, every boulder rolling with the punches there. Chat room is... Uh, Real enthusiastic tonight. You guys are hopping over there. Uh, if you want to join that action and get in the bowl yourself, you can go to bowlafterbowl.com, click on the Listen Live link, and uh, there's a Kiwi link in there, but turns out Kiwi's not uh, really working right now, huh? Not connecting. It's giving uh, some kind of cores errors, amongst other things. I don't know what that's all about, to be honest with you. Me neither, but I hopped on the Hex chat. So what's that all about? Yeah, you're on the Hex chat now. Which I'm trying to move off of, but uh, I, I like this lounge thing that everybody's setting up. It sounds so comfy, the lounge. The lounge sounds like where I want to relax. Yeah. Where I want to kick it. But uh, for now, I'm on this hex chat kind of, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a boomer solution. 
You can tell just by looking at how emojis are rendered in HexChat that it is a boomer solution. Yeah. The emojis leave a lot to be desired, that's for sure. I mean, uh, a big a big part of the boost bot is these emojis coming through, and I you know, just want them to be a little prettier. Yeah, I've asked you three times, what's this? What's this? And you're like, I don't know, I think it's the dancing guy. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a bummer. I know. It's uh, It's what we have to deal with. That's all right. We'll get in the lounge. We'll yeah. make an evening of it. But uh, IRC is where you want to be. That's right. And you can still connect from your favorite IRC client without any issue. Whatever Hex Chat's got, or whatever, I mean, Kiwi has got going on, God knows, at any given moment. That's uh, that's what you have to deal with. That's what you have to deal with with the browser applications. It runs in my browser. Oh, boy. How's it going to break? Let me count the ways. Oh, man. I wish that I could say it's been a busy week, but it's really just been the teach that's uh, overcome my my whole my whole routine. Yeah. Everything's stirred up. So I kind of handled it, I think, a little bit better transition-wise this week. Definitely. I just kicked everybody out at 9.45. Oh, that's the way to do it on a bowl night. Just like, you know, I just, I have, uh, you know, we're going to get through all our material. Everything's going to be cool. But tonight we're going to get, and nobody's, you know. Nobody's too hurt about it. <laughs> Getting out of class 15 minutes early? Yeah, nobody's too sad about that, so it all worked out. That's good. I had a big client come through, so I've been working overnights also, which is awesome uh, for my little freelance gig. That is killer. Still transcribing. That's Haven't right. lost everyone to the AI yet. Yeah. The AI somehow can't really uh, pull it off still. Yeah, when there's a bunch of different dialects, it gets tricky. Can't keep up. Can't keep up. Uh, I'm being encouraged in the chat that I can run the lounge. I, I haven't even looked into it. I'm I'm confident I could do it. Yeah. It's just uh, one of those swirling to-do list items, you know? You know how that goes with me. Changes. Well, it's not top of the list. Implementations, etc. You know, it'll get done one day. And we'll all have a big party and eat cake or something, I guess. Oh, man. I can move it to the top of my list and then nag you about it. Ooh, yeah, there you go. That sounds effective. <laughs> I'm not sure uh, about the nagging. But what I am sure of is that we had a great Bulls with Buds Sunday night. That's right. We had a late one, the midnight special. Yeah. With our buddy Cotton Gin. A lit late night. Yeah, that was killer. It was. You can check that or uh, any of the interview shows out at bullswithbuds.com. That's where we sit down with uh, our, our buds in the bowl. And we do a little... Bulls and Buds and Bulls and Bulls. Exactly. Yeah. We figure out what they're all about and stuff. And uh, we figured out Cotton Gin is all about ISOs. He loves ISOs. He loves ISOs. If he you would, didn't know. He would like more ISOs. He heard uh, what you said about ISOs and he wants that as an ISO. And that's why he created ISOBot in the chat. He was podcasting and grabbing ISOs. He was. Yeah, it was, it was a feat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Father of the ISOBot. I can barely podcast as it is. Yeah, right? <laughs> Let alone, uh, let alone doing other kind of show-related things during that. Yeah. I'm slowly learning to rock my body back and forth with the baby and podcast and read my notes <laughs> and one-handed type in the chat. Yeah, That's about where I'm at. You're like a super ultra woman, though. I am just an idiot. So that's the difference. Super ultra, trying to go plus ultra. Oh, plus ultra. There's always room for improvement. Yeah, yeah. You can give it, uh, give it your best shot. 
I think the one thing that I do want to take advantage of with these evenings, though, is uh, doing some kind of a picnic and going to the playground during one of these days. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. The, be the girls have finally kept their room clean, like, long enough? Yes, over a week of putting things away after they use them. Well, what a concept. Right? I don't know what I expected. It's like, I never figured that out, so why? <laughs> I used to be better. Why would I expect them to? I've slipped in my old age. <sighs> Jordan Peterson would say, what are you doing, bucko? They want to go to Dragonland. That's <laughs> what they call this one playground that we drive by all the time. Because uh, it's got like kind of castle it, turret looking things yeah, going on. Yeah, it looks like a castle. Dragonland. Is that MLK Park it's in? Yes. Yeah, MLK Park. Patrick Mahomes came in and revamped the whole thing. So it's relatively new. Mm-hmm. That was after the first Super Bowl win, if I remember correctly. That sounds about right. Before it was just a patch of dead grass. Yeah, pretty much just grass. And now there's this pretty cool looking playground. Yeah, we'll definitely have to check that out and report back. Will do. Uh, we also report back the fantastic uh, love and value returned by the bowlers here on Bowl After Bowl. And we always open the show up with it because... Uh, the bowlers are the best. That's right. That's we wouldn't right. be here without them. And uh, we always forget the first rule of being a smoker. I, I used to play this all the time, but it's been kind of a while. But First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. That is uh, basically the essence of value for value, you know? Um, it's a, it's a two-way mutual communication loop that we open up and we just try to put valuable, uh, entertaining, enlightening information into a little variety show, a lot of different sections, a lot of different segments. Uh, we try to make them valuable to you and all we ask is, you know, analyze it, think about it. What's the value you get? And, uh, you return that in many forms, many forms, of course, uh, Mr. Adam Curry always likes to boil it down to time, talent, and treasure. And we like to thank those treasure uh, submitters by name. There's really two main ways to do that. Uh, you can go to the PayPal link at the bottom of any bullafterbull.com page, like these two lovely bowlers did. Uh, in fact, they have set up recurring monthly uh, donations, or we like to call them stonations. And uh, Circus Media... He was up first, his 11-11 monthly hit. All right. Thank you, Circus Media. On the 15th, a little Ides of March action there. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, also, our man Sharky Shark out there on the West Coast. Bum, 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 bum. Sharky. Thank you. He hit us with that 420 stonation. Uh, so those monthlies really help us out, keep the servers paid for, keep my uh, Linode subscription up and running, and all of the little... Uh, monthly costs associated with the show. They are uh, paid for out of that same setup, so it's it's really nice and convenient when monthlies roll in and out of that same spot. And we appreciate that very much. We also appreciate all of our bowlers on this hot newness, Podcasting 2.0, with boostograms and streaming payments and all of this madness that we're playing with, running with scissors out there on the front lines, uh, and this changing technology changing economies, and uh, a place and a protocol designed so you can't uh, have your voice turned off and you can't have your uh, 
your monetary value turned off, your value for value loop. We can break out of all the middlemen and uh, just have it between you and me, me and you, all of us together. And uh, we like to thank those people as well. I'm looking at Helipad right now. It's a nifty little uh, web interface that Dave Jones wrote to kind of display the boostograms as they hit my node. And I always scroll back to Harv Hat's donation because he hits us on that outro without fail. And indeed, he came in uh, right at the end of the last bowl with a 1420 sat boost out of Curiocaster. Thank you, Harv Hat. We appreciate you, Harv Hat. Uh, oh, and what am I thinking? We have a, uh, have a little jing jingle to hit for these boosts. I'm gonna boost some sats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Yeah, fucking awesome. Thank you, Hey Citizen, for that. And uh, thank you, Brain, for remembering it eventually. <laughs> uh, we did have a few boosts come in for the Cotton Gin Show, which we thanked everyone uh, as they rolled in late, late on Sunday. In fact, some of these are saying yesterday. Yeah, I was going to say we rolled right into Monday. Because technically that thing happened on Monday. If we're going to uh, you know, get real technical here. Yeah, we love to get technical. That's right. Uh, there's my refresh the boost so I can get my uh, guest the proper live item split and fountain. I always take the uh, fountain boosts that come in live, and then I resend them to the proper published show once it's published. And that kind of uh, gets the split for the guest involved in things. I, won't, I don't want my uh, guests to lose out on that on that fountain split just because there was live boosts. I mean, come on. Yeah, come on, man. Lit, I, lit fixes this. I love that you tag all of them with that. I just want to, yeah. Lit fixes wanna, this. I just want to drive home the point. That's all. Let's see it get fixed. It's uh, in the works, I'm told. Which, I mean, I understand just as good as the next guy what, <laughs> what in the works means. We got a nag. You're working like three years to get off a dumbass WordPress site like me. <laughs> not, uh, not to disparage WordPress sites, because A, I use one, and B, they work. Like, they just, they, they work which is why they are still so widely in use. They're free and they work. But goddamn. I just want to do more, you know? I want to do more. Speaking of more, we got boosted more uh, by C. Brooklyn out of CurioCaster. One, two, three, four sats. He was boosting that Cotton Gin episode out of CurioCaster, like I think I said. Yes. And he said, thanks for the ISO bot. Very sweet. So thank you, C. Brooklyn. Yep. Thanks, C. Brooklyn. And uh, next up, 11111 from Lavish, a late night boost. Late night boosting. And thanks, uh, Lavish. Pfeiffer also, 11821. That's a 11821 boost, which of course is our long form Missouri Smash. He says, uh, Cotton Gin plus plus. Cotton Gin plus plus. Karma to Cotton Gin. Yeah, we have a fantastic time with him. I love talking to our boy Cotton Gin. Next up, ooh, and they're coming in fresh as we speak. By the way, that's the sound of a boost hitting the node in real time. You gotta love it. Uh, three sixty nine sixty nine from Hey Citizen. Woo! That's a big time. Sixty nine, sixty nine, dude. He's coming out of Podverse with this one. Uh, he was boosting that Cotton Gin episode as well, catching up on it. And his note: 
He says he just finished writing some Python code over SSH using my phone on company time, very based, uh, to generate all my missing transcripts for NA. Decided to catch up on Bowls with Buds to celebrate, only to realize I would have wasted way less company time if I would have listened to you fucking legends beforehand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, when you are getting paid on company time, is it really a waste? I always enjoyed pooping. On the clock. That's the best. It's one of my favorites, because I really don't like it, usually. Like, I just wish you could skip all the poops. <laughs> but since you can't, you might as well get paid. I just liked walking around in circles. You look so busy, because you're walking. Oh, you God. You can, like, say hi to people. That but then like you retail to me, Just man. keep doing it. Oh, God, I love moving. Probably so. <laughs> cube farm life, too. I, I've never worked in a cube farm, so. You're not missing anything. Mm. Don't ever do it. I've heard not that great thing. It's like the fifth level of hell or something. Uh, we did have a boost, by the way, from podcasting for value. Oh. So that's our buddy Floydian Slips that does the podcasting for value podcast. And uh, we, I have a split in for episode 30, Noster, your average podcast, uh, which I have not had the chance to take a look at yet. That came in just today. And Cameron is boosting that episode saying, get your filthy hands off my dessert. So I'll have to check in. Yeah. And, uh, I'll post up. a link to, the, to it in the show notes I'm, also. I'm horrible at keeping up with uh, podcasts. Just absolute trash at it. So um, my apologies to anyone who is like, do you listen to my show? Because I do, but I probably haven't. That's my paradox. That's the paradox I live in. I do listen to your show, but I also probably haven't heard that one that you needed me to hear. <laughs> Um, some test test tokes coming in from C Dubs. By the way, he's been busy testing something over at Podcast Index and uh, boosting the Cottonjin episodes. We appreciate you, sir. Thirteen thirty seven. Also, uh, coming in from Music Side Project for Stay a While. So, uh, I love that people are going over and boosting the uh, album that Abel Kirby and I released two Christmas Eves ago. And uh, Stephen B is hard at work making. Um, that cool app there, musicsideproject.com. Check it out. Two Christmases ago, and the sats are still streaming in. That's right. That's awesome. Yep. You pull it, let it out there, and then uh, who knows how long uh, it'll take for people to discover it. They can discover it for ages, you know? Forever it's, and ever. Forever and ever. Uh, 4269 coming in from Harv Hat out of Podverse. That means that we are lit, and he saw the shit. So appreciate that very much. Uh, 8989 came in pretty much at the same time. Those pins were just like smash, smash. Uh, that second one was from Make Heroism out of Fountain. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Much appreciated. Uh, next up, four, three, two, one sats. That's a countdown boost from N4VX at noagendasocial.com. Boosting at, uh, CurioCaster, which can be found at CurioCaster.com. He says, 321 is a great day for a lit countdown. Hell yeah. That's a great point, my man. Now, the bowl is in such a state that I have to unbury my bell button. Oof. I thought you used that during class. I do, but look, I just... Uh, I got then my, you threw stuff on top of yeah, it. I had to get my planner out, and there was a big panic about where that was, and then, you know... <laughs> it's a big mess, what can I say? <laughs> I'm barely holding on. Got a, a white-knuckle grip on the edge of reality here. And uh, we're getting it done. We're getting it done. Thank you, N4VX. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, 8197 from B 
Bowley Steed. Hey, Bowley Steed, thank you. And uh, she's boosting out a fountain. She's got the scissors and the pins there. Uh, by the way, those look much better in Helipad as compared to Hex Chat. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, she says, love is like oxygen. You get too much, it gets you high. 233. That's the episode number. The magical 233. Uh, she says, a.k.a. Bowley Steed Kitsune. Very nice. Love it. Thank you. Love having you here. Uh, next is 19,760 sets from Dirty Jersey Whore. Whoa, thank you. Much appreciated. And, uh... Value! He says, Slinging Sats and Plugging our No Agenda slash Hog Story Meetup coming up this Saturday, March 25th. Oh, that sounds like a hell of a time. Oh, yeah. Go check out the Northeast Texas Mushroom Hunt Outdoor Movie and Bonfire Meetup over on noagendameetups.com. We'll be passing the bull as well. Oh, thank you. Uh, he says, I always try to plug bull after bull at our meetups. It's all, all about community. Y'all be good. Oh, yeah. It's very sweet of you. Also, oh my God, Mushroom Hunt. Thank you, bitch. Love it. How can we get there? Oh, my God, man. <laughs> I fucking wish I had a gap. I know. To get down there, because that would be a... That, that sounds, sounds like so a much fun. absolute kick-ass meetup. Mushroom Hunt outdoor movie and a bonfire. It's like... Uh, if the if the movie was uh, the Big Lebowski, <laughs> it would be a uh, unskippable. It already sounds unskippable. You could pick any movie. You could pick uh, I don't know what's a bad movie. The Labyrinth. Paul Blart Mall My Cop favorite. Two. <laughs> you could play Paul Bart Blart Mall <laughs> Cop Two, and I it would still be a fucking killer <laughs> meetup. Uh, not only because of the agenda planned, but just the people. That's right. People that will be at that one. No agenda slash hog story meetup. You got to check that out. Bowlers in the area. You're going to want to be there. Uh, next up, 10101, the binary boost from Podcast Index. That's C-Dub sending that one, and he just sends uh, a man with arms outstretched. Yay! Our little forward slash O backslash guy. I love that guy. Me too. He's a celebrator. He's the hype man. He's like doing the Y in YMCA. Yeah. And uh, the the pins that just got knocked down, the pins. I love you too. Uh, that was 23,333 from Circus Media. Woo! Uh, he's coming in from Podverse and he says, Token Tuesday, only 100 more to Magic Episode 333. The countdown begins. Yeah. Got our eyes on it. That's right. And at our rate, we can hit that in uh, a year. A little more than a year. Yeah. yeah. A little more than a year. We probably average about 80 a year, something like that. 90, 80. I don't know. I haven't crunched those numbers. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's coming up. Be here sooner than you realize. Coming. That's the thing about time, man. There's a significance to the passage of time. <laughs> I I know that's fucking so played out and I say it so much, but I just like, I feel it. This is every bowl now. I feel it that the shit feels like just yesterday and also forever ago. Yes. Simultaneously. It's like this paradox. I don't know if it's like just because I'm old and retarded now. Now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Older and retarded-der, maybe. Yeah, there you go. 
because I'm not really old. That's another thing, too. You can never call yourself old or feel old, because there's always an older old out there that's like, you ain't old. And they'll always be right, because they'll always be older than you. And yeah. you just... What can I say? And you'll always feel like a kid on the inside. This is the significance of the passage of time. It's really wild for me seeing newborns now, because I feel like just yesterday Sam was a newborn, and now he's all filled out at three months old. I know. You, know, you see him next to a newborn, and he looks huge. Yep. But yeah. he's not huge. He's still so tiny. He's a little tiny baby, and then he's also like a monster next to the newborns. Yeah. Crazy. Goofity. Goofity. The significance of the passage of time. <laughs> the significance of the fattening of babies. <laughs> uh, there is a significance to the fattening of babies. Uh, yeah. And there's also significantly other ways to contribute value. That's correct. You could very simply pass the bowl like our bud dirty jersey whore down there. And, you know, choose carefully who you pass the bowl to. You never know, you know? Yeah. It's all right if they say no thanks. That's all right. Yeah. But it's also, it's not peer pressure. It's just your turn. Exactly. You can also make episode art for us, because we use different art for every single episode. You can make jingles, or you can call in and leave a voicemail, because we love hearing your voices. It's content, yo. Yeah. Every week, we have a first time I ever topic, and this week, we want to hear about the first time you ever got spanked. All you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's all right. We'll play it. We don't screen them. And if you're voice shy, you can leave us a text message or send a picture. That's right. But all of these little pieces coming together is what makes the show and what keeps the show rolling on down the lanes. Uh, and that's why we thank everybody uh, from the bottom of our hearts very dearly. Thank you for the value for value. And that's why we uh, push it so hard. The bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. So hard so hard that's right the hardest not even <laughs> also shout out to the bowlers in the chat who timestamp isos for us yeah, it's, another, it's just another way it's another way we put uh, put these things together it's yeah. all part of the production process and uh, you too can join along so uh, another thing that we like to do here on Bowl After Bowl is we keep uh, rolling through specific segments and we got them all in order and we kind of got them down to a science and uh after we thank all the bowlers for their value for value uh we go a little crazy with a that's right you always want to build a node um and yeah the banking crisis no matter where which way it goes um, it's nice to just not have to worry so much. Not have to worry so much about where the treasure is stored. Because uh, you can be in charge of that yourself. 
Then you don't have to say, oh, this other guy screwed me over. Oh, this other guy uh, issued a bunch of new currency, which makes mine less valuable. Oh, this other guy rugged me, and now I have no purchasing power. Uh, you can get off all of that. And join us over here in the wild world of uh, running a node, being your own bank and payment processor for the price of just setting it up on an old laptop, really, if you want to get uh, absolutely in the weeds about it. So there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about tonight and discuss, and a couple of them are kind of macro and a couple of them are kind of micro. And I'm going to actually go in reverse order of how I wrote them down. Because uh, I just kind of want to get the macro shit out of the way, to be honest with you. And uh, there's a couple of things that everybody has been talking about uh, over the past week. Um, of course, the continued fallout of certain bank failures, including uh, Silicon Valley Bank kind of being the biggest, uh, craziest one. And we had uh, this clip uh, in Congress going around of the uh, senator from Oklahoma asking Janet Yellen about, hey, are these community banks all covered too? Like, is everybody's ass covered no matter what in the state of Oklahoma? Or all the assets of a bank fails or all the depositors going to be made whole? And she kind of hems and haws and dances around and says, like, uh, you know, that's kind of at our discretion between me and the FDIC board. Yeah, that's so great. They can kind of just arbitrarily pick winners and losers must be fucking nice must be fucking nice i guess you gotta make sure that janet yellen and the board members of the fdic are on uh, your buddies your your good buddies gotta pay the troll toll that's right and uh i don't know it's like a f almost five minute clip that's going around you may have heard it on no agenda uh but what's been a little less played and was kind of a at least as alarming to me, if not more, there is a full court press going on right now to get all, get totally out of community banks and smaller banks completely. Mm. The finger has been pointed at the community banks as like the problem. The community banks as being the dinosaur that is no longer needed. And the biggest, one of the biggest talking flapping holes uh, on this on this issue has been Kevin O'Leary, one of the stooges that's on uh, Shark Tank. Oh, great. That uh, walks around having too much money and uh, being famous for it. And here's just a little bit of what I uh, pulled from his segment on Fox Business, although he has, I've seen this on uh, a couple other of uh, news shows where he's kind of come on and done the same line over the last week. Are you worried about this weekend? Because the regulators, the authorities, they're going to be poring over the bank's books and maybe stepping in somewhere. That's a, that's a worry, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. But just because a bank like, you know, First Federal goes to zero or even Signature Bank goes to zero or, you know, Silicon Valley Bank goes to zero, who cares? I mean, these are badly managed banks. You can't keep propping up banks run by idiots. That's a really bad idea. But so let them go under, take the hit. Sure, there'll be some volatility. But, you know, most countries today have gone through this decades ago. Australia, Switzerland, England, Canada. 
Those countries have their entire economy run by four or five behemoth banks, highly regulated. We don't need hundreds and thousands of tiny little banks that don't have a reason to exist anymore because 99% of transactions today are done online. My son, who's 26, said to me the other day, what is that? I said, oh, that's a, a branch of a bank. He said, why would anybody go there? Why would you sit <laughs> yeah, in line right. in there? That's right. So that's my whole point. The next generation doesn't need this. It's an old model that doesn't work. Okay, I'm going to change the subject. So, yeah, that's his basic talking point is like, we don't need little ma and pa banks because the Internet, essentially. Yeah, and we want to be like, look at those countries over there. So he's kind of right, but for the wrong reasons. Um. Well, when he named those countries, I was like, I don't want to be like those countries. Right. Uh, China and, Aust or not China, I'm sorry, Canada. Canada. What's the difference? Australia and Switzerland, like, uh, you know, oh, they only have four or five big behemoth banks. Yeah. And that's a great thing that we want to have, too. Centralize. Centralize me harder, daddy. That is the That is the response here. No, thanks. And that is kind of the dread. Okay. This is, they're going full court press on this. They're going full court press. And uh, a lot of uh, people are hedging on, on the Bitcoin thing. Yeah. And speaking of which, another uh, big, uh, everyone's kind of going apeshit over this. Uh, Balaji kind of put out a big nuts on the table bet uh, for... Essentially for Bitcoin to hit a million bucks in 90 days, mm. which was slapped down just a few days ago. And uh, the bet was, hey, you buy a Bitcoin, I'll put a million dollars of USD into a, some smart contract. And if the price of Bitcoin hits a million, you win. If the price, is, or if the price hits a million or more, then I win. And if it doesn't, then you win. 90 days. Uh, and the assertion here is just that uh, the dollar is going to collapse in that small amount of window or small amount of time. And uh, I don't know. Everybody has a hot take of what this means or what's going to go down or what's going to go on. I suppose it's a possibility. It's in play. But um, if you're looking at sort of the bigger picture then a guy like him is going to be some somebody that everyone pays attention to. You put the real money into play, and he took this bet with two people, so it's like a $2 million bet, essentially. Wow. Uh, then there's hype, and there's, there's going to be price action anyway as people are fleeing these, uh, these U.S. dollar assets and these, uh, you know, insolvent banks, and, it, like, who knows? Who knows? where the banks are at. We, we're not allowed to know that. Not allowed to know who's going up and uh, borrowing all this bailout money for a couple of years at the best case scenario. So, you know, he's making a play and I think that it probably makes good business sense on his end, even if Bitcoin doesn't get anywhere near a million dollars a coin um, in his little tight 90 day, uh, 90 day window. But he's also making points. I mean, uh, they're going to inject $2 trillion into the global economy to make everybody happy or make everybody cool and solvent. Like, how is this not a five-alarm fire? 
going on. It is. And it is. That's the <laughs> thing. Uh, this used to work really well, I think, in, in times gone by. But if just simple idiots like you and me can see through this bullshit, uh, then a lot of people now can see through this bullshit. And simple idiots like you and me used to have no idea that this is bullshit at all. They used to be like, oh, they used to be quite relieved at news like this. This used to be the thing to do. And be like, oh, yes, well, they've got it under control now. Thank God we have the Fed to, you know, save us from total collapse. The Fed is making the total collapse. If they say something is safe and good, then uh, I would bet that it is fucked. And we just don't know it yet. Yeah. It is craziness. It's craziness. So I don't know. Uh, everybody got a lot of uh, a lot of ink spilled over the Balaji bet, the big bad boy Balaji bet. But uh, he's he's doing a little bit of uh, PR. It's a little misdirection, a little PR. It's a little campaign that's going to cost him not two million dollars. That is a bet he can hedge. You know, because if you. If you have these dollar bets and the dollar's going down and you also buy a bunch of Bitcoin and you can ride it up, what, you can ride it up a couple hundred percent. I mean, yep. Bitcoin could double or triple and not get anywhere near a million dollars and you're still cool because you cover it on the other end. So, you know, everyone just sees $2 million and loses their mind. That's but a big number. Big numbers, big numbers. Uh, going back micro, though, because the micro stuff really affects us directly as peoples. And we can look at the macro stuff, and we can look at these big names and who's wagging their dick on Bitcoin Twitter and, and on the Noster stuff and all of that. But really what's affecting us is the day-to-day in the trenches. is our own nodes. That's why I keep talking about running a node. That's why uh, I keep telling you to get in the car and drive. That's why I keep saying that the excuse that it's too hard is already a lame one. And it's not going to be good enough a decade from now. The excuse that it was too hard now, it's not going to be good enough. It's not going to be good enough when you're thinking about future generations and securing your shit. And making sure you're good to go. I don't give a fuck about, did you buy Bitcoin? Did you stack sats? But did you run a node? Did you, did you turn a computer on so that people could send you money if shit hits the fan? That's the thing. It's not about a stack and a bet and making money in a stock market play and degenerate day trading here. It's about having an actual mechanism to sell your goods, to get paid for work, to whatever, whatever you need. You can have that, and then no one can get in between and say, no, 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 it's going to go this way. No, 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 your carbon offset isn't cutting it for this one, so you can't, you can't make this transaction. Yeah, and even at the least gross, well, I'll take 10%. So in our node operation world, trying to put together this ring of fire, right? Ring of fire 14. Yeah. It's turning out to be a little bit more stubborn uh, than we first... We first thought, you know, the first trick was we're, we're connecting a channel from a clear net node to a node that's behind Tor, which is no big deal. Okay. All that, all that has to happen in that regard is 
the Tor node needs to add the ClearNet node as a peer because Tor nodes can collect uh, connect to nodes that are ClearNet or behind Tor. They can connect to either one. Uh, ClearNet node, if it doesn't have Tor installed and Tor is not enabled, it can't get to the Tor node. Mm. doesn't have a way to resolve that connection. But if the Tor peer connects to the ClearNet peer, then they're peered up, and then the ClearNet node can then open a channel to the Tor node. It's no big deal. But what we had was our ClearNet node runner. Um, it was kind of in no big rush, no big hurry, which is typical of our Rings of Fire, you know? And so they set a opening uh, fee rate at, I don't remember, it was like two or three. It was something smaller, you know? Like, uh, maybe this will clear overnight over the weekend. And anybody who's been looking at the mempool lately has been noticing this this whole ordinal situation is not getting any better it's not getting any better and i am still concerned about what we are going to be able to do in the long term of this thing is it a fad that'll die out may yeah probably is it economically sustainable i don't see how getting a 10 sat 10,000 sat output by paying 350,000 sats in a fee so that you can graffiti some kind of a monkey picture onto the blockchain. I don't I don't see how like I couldn't afford to do that over and over again. That's for sure. Um but it's still concerning in the short term because it's getting worse and the whole uh people are calling it a bull market already, which it has gone up. Uh we have bounced back to like close to 30k and even a tiny bit over a couple of times i think at a couple of points um i have to look at the friggin price because i don't really do that constantly uh it looks like we're getting 3542 sats for our dollar so we're out of that 4000 plus sats per dollar range um and we told you to get it while it's good but uh 28230 as of right now what i'm looking at According to Clark Moody's uh, dashboard, there's a lot of different sources you can check different exchanges for slightly different prices. But um, the point is, as the uh, price goes up, people get more excited. Usually more coin is being sent around on layer one, and there's just a little bit higher fee environments. Now, my concern, honestly, really is not in the fees themselves uh, exactly. My concern is in the size of these transactions. And just just for an experiment, we'll pull up mempool.space. I do this pretty often, and you can pretty reliably find these transactions. If you pull up mempool.space and you just click on the latest block that was solved, I'm looking at block 781908, which came through eight minutes ago uh, as of this recording. And so I'll click on a big fat square. Right, Every transaction in the block is represented by these squares, and they're color-coded by their fee rate. So the higher the fee rate, the redder or hotter it looks uh, on the graph. And then the bigger the square, the bigger the transaction size is, the actual size of the transaction. So if you click on one of the big fat squares, usually you can find in, a, in the flow uh, something that has a fat fee and a tiny output, usually of 5,000 or 10,000 sats. 
so let's see. Trying to find a, a good example here. Here's a great one. The fee itself is 362,000 sats. The output is 5,000 sats. Okay, so that's a bit lopsided. And then you can scroll down further. Inputs and outputs has a details button, which you can expand. And that will show you the witness data. And over in witness, it's just a big hex mash of uh, raw data. And you can click show all and keep scrolling to infinity oh. to see the raw image data or raw video game data or raw whatever the fuck they're posting directly onto the blockchain over this. And you can also see that the size is 131.38 kilobytes. So let's call it 131,000 bytes. The problem here is that this one transaction, somebody paid $100 worth of Bitcoin to put uh, whatever this was onto the blockchain, graffiti the blockchain. The output for that is 5,000 sats. I don't know. I, I've, I've not done an inscription myself, and I've not posted an ordinal. Uh, but not all inscriptions are for the purpose of ordinals, too. I want to point that out. Uh, pretty much anybody can do this and inscribe or graffiti the blockchain. The problem with this is the the size of this transaction being 131,000 bytes, uh, in comparison to just a normal transaction, if you click on one of these smaller squares, uh, you can find ones for pretty big amounts. In fact, uh, let's see. Here's a great example. Here's a transaction. Uh, output one is 49.93 Bitcoin. Wow. Fucking enormous. The fee paid on that is 6,340 sats. A tiny, tiny, tiny fraction. Uh, and then there's output two, which is probably just some change back. Uh, who knows exactly. You don't really know what the uh, change or the uh, actual send is without doing some deeper analysis. But for details here, we have a reasonable... Uh, script signature we don't have any kind of extra witness data riding around and we have a virtual size and a true size of 234 bytes 234 bytes so this transaction could fit into the other transaction a few hundred times and it was like 41 bitcoin is that what you said yeah that's crazy 49 49 Bitcoin. Because the amount of Bitcoin you're sending doesn't really affect the size of the transaction. The size of the transaction depends on what kind of bullshit are you jamming in there that has nothing to do with money or a transaction. Uh, and this this uh, debate has come up a long, uh, you know, over the whole time, really, that Bitcoin's been out. And I'm not really against somebody signing hi mom or, you know, the... Uh, Chancellor on the brink of second bailout for banks, like the infamous uh, Genesis block has. Like, that's totally fine. That's arbitrary data posted to the blockchain. But it doesn't take up 100, 200, 300, 400 transactions worth of space. Yeah. Right? And so we're in a position right now where every 10 minutes, somebody could post a three and a half, four megabyte file to the blockchain and fucking knock all of the transactions out of there if they're willing to pay the rate. 
Uh, and just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. doesn't mean it's ethical. Just because it's legal either by laws of nation states or by laws of uh, software. So what to do about it? I'm just, there's no way my brain is big enough to understand what to do about it. But it just seems to me there should be some sort of a type check of what is this witness data? Is it actually witnessing the transaction? Or is it, uh, is it a flash game of doom or something? You know, is it a, is it a playable game of doom? Because we need that. I just don't see why we would not be concerned about that. And I'm waiting for kind of a technical reason as to why this is no big deal. What I'm getting is a, uh, an evangelical reason why it's no big deal, right? People say, ooh, Bitcoin is unfazed. Ooh, Bitcoin doesn't care. Ooh, Bitcoin is perfect savior already fine. You know? And I understand that Bitcoin is software. And so software has to be maintained, and it's maintained by all of us, and that's the whole reason we run nodes and vote on transactions in the first place. And we're going to have to figure out if monkey on the blockchain is worth kicking 300, 400 people to the next block or the next block or the next block. We're going to have to figure out if, as node operators, uh, we're going to need to jack our fees up for channel opens, which in the short-term option, obviously, that's, that's going to be the case. But I just don't see the scaling on one side versus the other side. Because everybody bitches about, by the way, layer one scaling and how it won't scale out, blah, blah, blah. And we have the Lightning Network to say, oh, no, we can scale it fine. We can scale it infinitely. Once it's off-chain, we can zoom it around at our heart's content. And then we'll just close channels. It'll be like settling the final settlement of those transactions. It's like a, how Visa and MasterCard are layer twos on top of the banking system, right? Sure. And they just batch their payments at the end of every night. If you run a business on one of those companies, you're not closing and batching every payment with every swipe of every card. Uh, and so similar comparisons exist between on-chain and Lightning. The problem here is we can add a thousand more people to a block, uh, but we can't add five more inscriptions. You know, we can't add a full dozen more inscriptions to a block. If one guy decides his file is going to be uh, two megabytes, three megabytes, it can't be bigger than four. Four is the limit. So if a guy, which has been done, guy puts a four megabyte file through as an inscription, pff, everybody's got to wait. Guy bought the whole block. Guy bought the whole block. And so, I don't know. We, we just have to come up with a reason of, like, can a guy walk up and buy every block? I don't know. It's frustrating. It just seems to me like that's not what you would want from a software perspective, from a technical perspective. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to somebody, like, calming me down technically on it. Or maybe helping come up with some kind of solution of a type, you know, a type check or something. Because uh, we've been through this before. That's the whole reason we have an OP return is like give them a place to doodle on the blockchain. And that was supposed to be the end of it. And then Segwit kind of 
opened up the monster, but not until ordinals did we put tools into the hands of everyday people who aren't technical to be able to do this kind of thing. Mm. So it was always possible, but the kind of the choke point or the bottleneck was you had to be a guy like Fiat Joff, who's uh, breaking L&D twice by adding a bunch of witness signatures, you know. You had to actually know some stuff. Now you just upload a fucking image and go, yeah, boom, here's my corn. Ugh. It concerns me. Anyway, so we're trying to help uh, this guy come up with the ring of fire. And um, the opening transaction is not high enough now to be even inc included in the mempool at all. Uh, oh. If you look at mempool.space, there will be a purging value. Uh, anytime that the pool goes over the default uh, 300 megabytes. So right now it's using 753 megabytes out of that default 300. So everything over the 300 megs, most nodes just disregard that. They just say, you know what, that's too many transactions. I'm only going to focus on the next 300 megabytes worth of pending transactions. And so purging now, anything less than 3.62 sats of value byte uh, or a virtual byte on average, V always triggers value for me. You can't tell. Uh, anything less than a fee rate of 3.62 uh, is just getting purged totally. So even if you want to hang out and get a chance at an overnight confirmation, you got to start at four. Mm. And uh, another tricky thing about Lightning Channels that I've never had to deal with personally before, because uh, I always set a high enough fee to get through. And also, by the way, fee rates have been very chill for the last four years, uh, with the exception of a couple of weeks, where we had rowdy fee, rowdy fee rates come rate, rear their ugly head for a couple of weeks, right? Um, if your channel is stuck pending for... Uh, on average about, I think it's two weeks. It's a certain number of blocks. Uh, but if it's, if it's not confirmed within that two weeks, the, uh, your peer will forget about it. And then mm. it's kind of in no man's land. It's like in a deadlock. And so my understanding is in order to ever have access to those funds again or get them back or be able to reclaim them, you have to double spend that output. And so if you double spend it at a higher fee, that will guarantee it never gets confirmed because part of the rules are that you can't double spend. And so if a transaction comes along as a double spend, all of the min miners will reject it. You can ensure that that won't uh, ever be added to another block in the future. Now there's also a way to bump the fee, but uh, with channel opening, you have to do it in a special way. So the thing is, I'm trying to help... Uh, our friend through this and uh, get this channel open so we can finish this ring. And we want to make sure, you know, he's got uh, his sats all together and we want to make sure that they're not lost in some uh, weird pending land forever. Um, but this is something that's important when we make a layer one transaction to check. And I, a tool I really like is what the fee, what the fee.io will give you a little graph of estimating what fee rate will get you confirmed in what time and the percentage of uh, probability that gets confirmed. And so right now on what the fee we're looking at, if you want an 80% chance of getting confirmed in the next half hour, that's nine sats of uh, per virtual byte of a fee wow. rate. 
And if you want to be sure, like with a 95% of getting confirmed within the next hour, you got to set that thing at 20. Jeez. Now that's according to their calculations and their uh, way to put it about. But I like to use that as kind of a metric. And I like to go high confidence, low time preference on this chart. Which still, like, if you want a 95% chance of being confirmed within 12 hours, it's coming back as 4.1 sats. So maybe 5 or 6 sat fee rate, and you'll be totally fine. You'll probably even be fine in the next couple hours. Um, two blocks ago got through with some 5, uh, five fee rate transactions. So, I say all that to say, A, be careful out there and check your fee rates, but B, I'm going to be doing some testing of my own. I would like to intentionally open some channels at too small of a fee rate and then go through and document how do we bump those fees up and add some spin to the fee rate to get them included in the next block if you go too low in the initial fee rate. And then also, if all is lost, how do we cut the cord, double spend the output, and then just pretty much start all over? is the other option. And these are things I never thought that uh, I would have to look into or dig into. But it's like uh, when you're driving the car and you run over some shit. You bend the rim. You got to figure this out, right? That's right. That's all and you I, can do. And I think if some um, rowdy fools go in there figuring it out and then explaining it in a little bit easier terms for everybody else, then... Uh, that becomes that much easier. Because again, I can't stress enough, the excuse that it's too hard is just not good enough anymore. I don't have time for that excuse. It can't fly. Uh, maybe that's your financial future is it's too hard to have one. But I can't, I don't have time for that shit anymore. That's my word. That's the shit stain. It's also easier than ever. It on is, board. and it's getting easier. Yeah. It's getting easier. I've, I've watched it drastically reduce in difficulty just over the two years that I've been playing around, so. Here we go, into the wild blue under together, right? Yep. Uh, now I hand it over to you traditionally for one of my favorite segments. Top three, 33. All right. You will not be surprised with my first story tonight. First Republic shares slid almost 33% after deposit infusion, dragging down other regional banks. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Yeah. So some big banks, 11 of them, pledged to deposit $30 billion in First Republic for at least 120 days in some coordinated rescue attempt that was supposed to instill confidence. But a rescue of that size uh, does quite the opposite for me, personally. Yeah. Atlantic equ Equities. I almost said Antiquities. <laughs> it all feels that way sounds now about after talking right. about the Bitcoin. It sounds about right. Yeah. Well, they're suggesting that this First Republic may need an additional $5 billion in capital to actually be good. Isn't that crazy? Five billion. Cash, baby. <laughs> Just uh, two big numbers we're playing with here. 
All cash, baby. Sorry, I had my ISO dropped too low. Too low, too low. Oh, just a side note. I bet Cotton Gin is glad he's in the PNW right now because there was a nor'easter that pounded Massachusetts and it dumped 33 inches of snow in some parts. Oof. Yeah. Luckily, not the part that I was from. For my remaining family out there. Wicked awful nor'easter, kid. <laughs> Wicked bad. Wicked sick. Terrible. Too much snow. Snow over your fucking head. My fucking aching back, kid. Yeah. Don't miss that shoveling, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, and there was a magic number story that came out today on a show day. I love when that happens. Ooh. 33 alleged gang members facing charges, including murder in Queens. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is the culmination of a three-year investigation and could be the largest gang takedown ever in the borough. There was a 151-count indictment, including 22 murders. One of those murders they went into was of a 14-year-old boy, just an innocent kid, you know? Caught up in the crossfire. And caught in the crossfire, exactly. Damn. You hate to hear about that shit. Yeah, it's not good. But anytime I see the magic number, uh, there is a big red flag that pops up in my brain. So 33 alleged gang members. Hmm. Mm. Then in Bradford County, Florida, the sheriff's deputies charged 33 people in a drug bust. That's a big bust, my man. That is. You want to know what the drugs were? Uh, hit me with them. Meth, fentanyl, and crack. Mm. Three drugs. This magic number, three. 33 <laughs> dealers, three drugs. Yeah, and three-year investigation on the last one. Uh, worst part of this story was that I think it was a couple that was busted here, and they had two kids under the age of six who the deputies determined were living in unsafe conditions and got taken in mm. after it. You just hate to see kids caught in the middle of this kind of shit. Yeah, definitely. But then in Massachusetts again... Out of the legislature's 33 joint committees, not a one filed its rules on time. Wow, good work. Yeah, our government and deadlines. <laughs> deadlines for thee, but not for me. It's merely a suggestion, you know. Yeah, it's a, more of a guideline. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So after they take their seats, the chairs have four weeks to develop Internal rules of procedure to direct the flow of business. Sorry, moving away from the mic with the baby. To direct the flow of business for the next two years. And that was supposed to be done March 16th. But it's not. And my final magic number story for this magic number episode is that mobile sports bets are booming. Wagers are now open in 33 states. Yeah. U.S. Supreme Court allowed these mobile sports bets to begin five years ago. Ah, uh, yeah. That sounds like the right timeline when we saw all this uh, advertising explode for them. Yeah. And explode it did. When we were watching any of the sports ball games, it seemed like every other commercial. It's that and drugs. That's all they're selling is gambling <laughs> <Yeah>. and drugs. <laughs> gambling and drugs. What a time. And they call us the bad guy. 
Yeah. Come on, man. How dare they? Doing the same shit, just with worse products. Yeah. We're just living in the free market. That's right. They're flim flam scamming us. Yeah, definitely. Eh, that's all I got for 33 stories tonight. But it was a good little roundup, I thought. It's a good little roundup. Busy week. You just heard some pins scatter. There was a test boost sent in. We don't know who. Oh. Uh, all we know is they use Podcast Index to do it. So thanks for the 5,000 sats there. Yes, test received, Anon. Test received. And now, I would like to take you on a journey behind the curtain. It's chilling back here. You know, there's bean bags and stuff. You can get comfortable. Cubbies for your clothes if you want to get nude. Ah, but there's so much to complain about also. Like Uh-oh. how this week, the White House announced over $275 million for law enforcement officials working to disrupt drug trafficking and dismantle illicit finance operations. I mean, they should look internally, I think, you know, what the White House is doing, what's going on in there. But no, 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 no. They're worried about the little people out here. So the Office of National Drug Control Policy gave this money to the High Intensity Drug Trafficking Areas Program, which we've talked about on the bowl before, the HIDTAS. Fun fact, there are currently 33 of these high-intensity drug trafficking areas. And the headquarters for it all is here in KC. Whoop, whoop. As you'd expect. (laughs) Yeah. But some of this money isn't exactly going to what they've pitched here for us. You know, disrupting drug sales and seizing money from drug dealers. No, 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 no. They have... They, being the high-intensity drug trafficking areas program, have also partnered with the CDC. Oh, boy. That's always good news. Yeah. They're good friends. They're looking at overdose response strategy, which to me is just how do we sell Narcan? Sure. You know? I mean, they're making it over the counter. So how do we make more sales for overdose reversals? And also working on this surveillance tool that's literally called OD map. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a nationwide real-time tracker of overdoses in America. Exciting. You can see how many people have OD'd in your neighborhood. It's like it's just, OD'ing, for, uh, but like with Foursquare? Yeah, exactly. Check in your overdose today. Wow, this guy's the mayor of uh, overdosing over on 39th. Yeah, that's Overdose Row over there. Ugh, gross. And so, you know, this $275 million that they're getting extra, it sounds like a big number, but I looked up the work they did in 2022, and would you believe they seized $500 million from American citizens in that year alone? Whoa. And they calculate the value of drugs that they nabbed to be worth $22 billion. God. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're always weighing bags and shit, you know, but... Yeah. Stocks of the hemp plants. <laughs> Anything they can do to fudge it upwards. Yeah, so... Ugh. Ugh. 275 I mean, it's, it's just a little sliver. Just some pennies from heaven for them. Uh, we'll see what they do. 
how they crack down. You brought up Janet Yellen earlier. I was yelling about Janet, yeah. Yeah. Damn it, Janet. (laughs) I was waiting for it. Well, I don't know if you caught this, but she was asked about weed in that U.S. Senate Committee on Finance. Oh, I missed the weed part. Yeah, well, you know, I think that, who was it? It was um, the senator from Colorado, Michael Bennett. Mm. I think he was stoned. I think he was stoned. Because uh, he goes kind of roundabout in the way he asks this question. Okay. Uh, you know, I clipped it, and I'm still not sure I totally understand what he was asking. But give it a listen for yourself. He also was 30 seconds over his time limit by the time he got around to asking this question. Last weekend... Signature Bank failed, and almost a fifth of its deposits came from crypto. Like, they're not allowed to do anything with marijuana, but apparently they can lay 20% of this on on crypto. Yeah, man. A notoriously unstable, you know, a thing that nobody here even understands. Clearly. Uh. And where the value of the assets can soar and collapse, we've seen that in this sector and my question is, what questions come to your mind when you see that? When you've got a bank that's now failed, where 20% of you know, what it was relying on to claim that it was doing the right thing by its depositors was something I would argue isn't even as stable as the marijuana industry bro. in the state of Colorado, which can't get any approval from the Treasury Department. Yeah, bro, as man. As you pointed out, in the case of marijuana... It is against federal law, and that's a barrier, unfortunately, to um, appropriate banking services for the industry. And it's something the regulators have been looking for solutions to. Yeah, so that's it. It's federally illegal. (laughs) I'd like to know, okay, like, uh, when you think about my question, my question is what questions you have for me when I ask my question to you. About uh, what we're questioning. Uh, weed, I like weed, smoke weed. Weed. Smoke weed every day. Nice. Well, he doesn't get crypto, but at least he gets weed. I, hey. think, I think that much is pretty clear. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Uh. I do have a suspicion. Oh? A suspicion, you say? Probably a lot of edibles. A lot of edibles. Yeah. Yeah. That seems to be the way these days. Yeah. A guy like a senator, he's not going to come in stinking of the ganj, but he's probably just, like, he found a gummy that he likes and he can roll with, and then he, like, built a tee up, so he's got a little tolerance thing, so now he thinks he can, like, pull it off, and nobody knows. (laughs) And maybe he's kind of almost halfway right. But he sounds like he's being played at like 0.7 speed. Don't you think? Definitely. Crypto. Crypto. That's just weird. Which no one here understands, but I uh, guess you can buy it, but you can't buy weed. And it's risky, but the weed, you know, that's not, that's, uh, but I got a question about the questions you've got. You know, just because oh the man is stoned out of his mind doesn't mean he has, doesn't have a point at all, though. 
For sure. For sure. I was just happy to hear weed come up. Yeah. Let's let's bank with weed. Come on. Yeah. Oh, it's federally illegal, which will never change because that's our our excuse that we like to pull out of our ass anytime we want to invalidate any kind of state or local measure. She even said, unfortunately. Unfortunately, it remains illegal at a federal level. (laughs) The unfortunately made me feel like she was uh, making a play to be hip. Right. Throw that word in there so they know I'm on their side. Listen, I want to rip mad dabs as bad as the next guy. (laughs) However, uh, on federal law, it remains a Schedule 1 substance. Reptiles like we do. God, I can't do that impression like you do, but the way she talks, man. It's the fucking worst, dude. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's like nails on a chalkboard. There's something very, very creepy about it and uh, unsettling. Unsettling's a good word for it. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, then there was a uh, Senate session on March 14th last week. And uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn said something silly enough to make it into the bowl. Unfortunately, uh, this was all on C-SPAN, and my login doesn't work on there. They just won't let me log in, which is fine. I understand. I understand. So I tried to make a clip on their platform, and I just I know it all got uh, wonky. But just take a listen. Maybe I'll edit and post a little, but let's take a listen here. Fentanyl. Overdoses caused by marijuana laced with fentanyl are common now. Something that just a few years ago would have been rare, if not unthinkable. Citation needed. Exactly. That was it. That was what she said that I thought was kind of funny. Ah, they keep bringing this phantom. uh, People are dying from smoking pot that has fentanyl in it. And we have yet to see a single body. And then when anybody's questioned deeper on it, they have to murmur and go, oh, well, you know, I mean, it's been reported that. And like, yeah, okay. That's all it's been is reported, though. Like, where else is it? Yeah. They report a lie, and then they redact. Well, the journalists do not redact, but the politician will say, oh, you error on our side. Whoopsie. And then the lie just stays out there. Yeah, yeah. The... the there was fentanyl in these Delta 8 gummies, for example. The, Not. The redaction never has as many hits as the original. Right. So, and you know, Connecticut, they said they found like a barrel of weed with fentanyl in it. And then they couldn't produce the evidence of it at all. They said, oh, whoops. No. Must have been a testing error. They didn't need to. They just needed to produce the headline with that in there. Yeah. That's all they need. Yep. So, Sununu in New Hampshire, he's real bad about it, too. It's one of his talking points every time. And he's always pointing to the Canadian border. Like, the Canadians are lacing our weed with fentanyl. Hey, yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. Man, the Canadians, they make such good weed. They wouldn't even lace it with, like, maple syrup or nothing. They, They just get the weed. That's right. They lace it with the uh, THC crystals. Yeah. That uh, the plant laced itself with. 
That's right. From seed to bowl. The way God intended. You know what God also intended was for pot smokers to also be able to own firearms. But the Department of Justice is doing everything in its power to prevent that from ever happening. Oh boy. Because they just filed a brief in the lawsuit that was, uh, you know, dismissed a while ago. Brought up by the Florida Agriculture Commissioner there, Nikki Fried. Maybe Nikki Freed, but I like saying fried. Wish it was more fried. Yeah. Uh, right, it was dismissed by the federal district court, but it's being appealed by the plaintiffs. And the plaintiffs are all medical patients, although they may not be card carriers anymore because of the firearm de debacle. Mm -hmm. And they're just arguing that their Second Amendment rights are being violated here. Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Very simple. Shall not be infringed. So the Florida case plaintiffs are arguing that restrictions must be consistent with the historical context of the Second Amendment's original 1791 ratification. Um, I thought we were heading in a good direction because there was that case in Oklahoma where the judge ruled that it was unconstitutional. Right. For medical pot patients to not be able to, you know, lawfully own firearms. But that case now is also being appealed. Mm. So here we freaking go. Well, in this Department of Justice brief, they are arguing that the term well-regulated in the Second Amendment, a well-regulated militia, means law-abiding instead of, like, well-organized, disciplined, well-equipped. Yeah. Well yes, yes, well-equipped with the firearms and their rights that shall not be infringed. And there's this phrase that keeps coming up from the Biden administration here, emphasizing that if this case gets a ruling in favor of the plaintiffs, it would result in, quote, wide-ranging consequences. Oh, no. And I can't wait to hear a TV journalist say this, finally. Someday they will. Someday they will. Wide-ranging consequences. You know, they're like, if we say that the pot smokers can have firearms, then soon it'll be the fentanyl users and the meth heads. It's like, they already have them. And it shouldn't matter. They're American citizens. Shall not be infringed. Second Amendment. Right. So, uh, there were so many uh, disgusting things in this 64-page brief. I read the whole thing. I took good notes. <laughs> I mean, I know that uh, these gun fags always want to do mental gymnastics around the Second Amendment, but really the, my reading of it, plain and simple, is the there's the reason stated, and then there's the uh, actual right. Yes. That's my understanding, too. You could read it as, uh, we're not infringing people's right to keep and bear arms precisely because we need well-regulated well militias. Yep. Since we need well-regulated militias, the government doesn't have the right to infringe on the people's right to keep and bear arms. It's like the justification and the rule all spelled out there. Yeah. 
But here we are. It means law-abiding. God, what kind of fucking ninny comes up with that? Ah, the Supreme Court. We have bad precedents set in the Supreme Court. I mean, just totally totally unconstitutional Mm -hmm. bullshit here. Yeah. I've got, they have citations from, and it's like in our lifetime too, 2008 and 2022. The 2008 case they cite here over and over again is DC versus Heller. And then in 2022, we had New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. So, and that's where those two cases is where they boil down this Supreme Court describes the class of individuals the second day rights extend to as law-abiding, responsible citizens. No, it's all Americans. Dang nabbit. I also do just want to quickly, fun fact, say that they misgendered one of the plaintiffs. Oh, uh uh-oh. Yeah. And it's a simple... That's not very law-abiding. No, but it's a simple... Well, hey, freedom of speech, right? But it's a simple one, too. This is... They misgendered Neil Franklin. Oh, no. Not my boy Neil. Yeah. Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, Neil Franklin. He's one of the plaintiffs on this case, and they called him a she. Just poor editing. Boo. I'm sure. Do your work. But it also made me wonder if they were having ChatGPT write the brief. (laughs) Yeah, well. It was very repetitive. Neil does have two L's in his name. I've never met a lady named Neil. No, me neither. I'm just trying to come up with some kind of bullshit excuse. She may be out there, but as of yet. She hasn't crossed my bowl. Yeah, so <laughs> then they have this line. Um, this was great. They talk about the Controlled Substances Act and how marijuana is Schedule 1, so obviously it has a high abuse rate, citation needed, and uh, no medical helpfulness at all, right? Like it's, it doesn't have any medical purpose. They have a quote here. The sole lawful use of marijuana is for certain research purposes, an exception that is not relevant here. What does that mean? Does that mean, are they considering every state with legalization a research center? I have no idea what they consider, man. There's, it's like, oh, they have medical licenses, but it's, this is just research. The medical license doesn't mean that it's actually medicine. It's a very cryptic line there. I did not like reading that. Then they also had this line. Although drugs like marijuana, cocaine, and fentanyl were not in common use at the founding. Excuse me. Excuse me. Great men with their hemp pipes. Yeah. How dare you say marijuana wasn't there at the founding of this nation? It's a weed. It's been around a lot longer than we have. It's always been here. Ah. Anyways. Uh, they talked about alcohol a lot in this brief. You know, the finishing of that statement was, although these drugs weren't common use at the founding, contemporaries recognize that alcohol renders users unable to safely bear arms and perceived those who regularly became intoxicated as threatening to the social and political order. Well, golly gee, would you just worry about alcohol? I mean... The Second Amendment doesn't say that alcohol users can't bear arms. So, I don't... It's just frustrating. Just frustrating. Just frustrating. Then they brought up the meat and potatoes of the issue here. Uh, The Department of Justice is arguing that these plaintiffs are attacking the constitutionality of the Gun Control Act of 1968. Thanks, Lyndon B. Johnson. 
And so they want an oral argument now, after previously just moving for a dismissal of this case. They're going to get up there and fight to the death for the Gun Control Act of 1968. Which, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think it's constitutional at all. <laughs> uh, the Gun Control Act, just for some background, was, you know, allegedly prompted by the JFK assassination, uh, originally prohibiting mail-order gun sales because allegedly... The rifle used to kill a president, allegedly, was purchased, allegedly, from a magazine. So, bye-bye magazine purchases of guns. Uh, it's imposed stricter licensing and regulation for firearms, made new categories of firearm offenses, and uh, it, the Gun Control Act of 1968 is why felons are prohibited from having firearms. And they also list in there drug users and the mentally incompetent. Meaning you can't be mentally incompetent enough to check yourself in for medical help if you're having a mental health crisis. <laughs> but you're mentally competent enough, obviously, to follow that law and not get a gun, too. Yeah. So. Legal logic. You know, 1968 is a few years after the JFK assassination, and they tried and tried to get this Gun Control Act through, and it was shot down over and over again until 1968 when Martin Luther King Jr. and RFK were both assassinated. It made me go, huh. Really activates yeah. the almonds. I wasn't there in 1968, but that's a lot of political motivation for gun control. And then you have two very prominent assassinations. Just just makes me go, hmm. So this also caused Congress to reorganize the alcohol tax unit, which in the 40s enforced the federal firearms laws, and then in the 50s added tobacco laws under its regime. From the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax Division into the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Division division of the IRS, uh, which in 1972 became an independent bureau within the Treasury Department. And then, you know, 9-11 happened, and George W. Bush signs the Homeland Security Act of 2002, which creates the Department of Homeland Security, which is where the ATF shifted to under the DOJ. So their tax responsibilities were then transferred to the new Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau in the Treasury Department. Just making more and more alphabet soup as we go along here. Oh yeah, can't get enough. Um, so then they start talking about philosophy of the time when the Constitution was written. And they get into John Locke. You know, and they say, well, John Locke pointed out that children, lunatics, and idiots had their rights restricted. And they mention these letters written by the Founding Fathers complaining about drunks. Remind me again how a medical patient shouldn't have a firearm. Like, it does not Yeah, they're neither. Up. they're neither a lunatic, nor an idiot, nor a child. Exactly. And medical patients with... Regular pharmaceutical prescriptions, psh, they don't have to go through any of these hoops or worry about their rights. 
So it's very frustrating. And the kicker of it all, they end their brief suggesting that pot users are more likely to have domestic violence issues. Like, really? Bullshit. You smoke a little pot and you're just going to laugh about whatever was getting your panties in a bunch before. Very disrespectful. Yeah. They need to do some research, is what I'm saying, and stop overthinking the Second Amendment. Preferably first-person research. Yeah. Anyway, that brief brought to you by ChatGPT, perhaps. You never know. You'll never know for the rest of forever. Yeah. So I think that there might be some action on that case next week, but I'll be on top of it, and I'll let you know. In Arkansas, the Supreme Court upheld the regulator's decision to grant additional cultivation licenses, and the original license holders, as you may imagine, are not happy about this. And they had filed a lawsuit claiming sovereign immunity after regulators planned to double the licenses to a whopping 10 in 2020. Anyway, there's eight licensed cultivators now, and... uh, that case was dismissed and then appealed to the Supreme Court, which is where they got this decision that those big fish are not happy with. And I say, fuck them. There's room for everyone. But not with your penis. <laughs> yeah, don't do not do that. Ugh. The Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission had an oopsie this week when they released personal information about dispensary employees and owners in a public records request. Uh, They made a little press release just owning up to it, trying to be transparent. And on top of it, they said, you know, it's not like your social security number got leaked or anything, but your name, your address, your email, your phone number, your date of birth, and where you work and for how long. Someone knows that. We're not going to tell you who, though. We asked them to delete the pertinent files, and they did agree, so it should be okay. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Oh, well. Last bowl, we talked about law enforcement coming into Louisiana shops and just pulling hemp-derived products off the shelves. Mm -hmm. Well, a judge has blocked them from doing this anymore. For now. You know, it's always just temporary. An injunction. Yes. An injunction. The Office of Alcohol and Tobacco Control in Louisiana had sent agents to 2,500 different retailers warning them that those products would be removed. Assholes. So they send a letter, it makes it okay? No, like they had an agent walk in to 25 different shops and just be like, hey, we're going to take your shit. This is before the judge was like, no, 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 you can't do this. Um, And I mean, this is, we're talking hemp, you know, 50 state legal under the Farm Bill of 2018. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what I keep hearing. It's what I keep saying. That guy's fucking right. Um, so they, of course, got hit with two lawsuits. One that I mentioned last week um, from some of the hemp manufacturers out there who had their products removed. And then this other one from distributors who are saying, you know, hey, you're overstepping your authority. I can sell this stuff. Don't take my product, man. I paid for that. So the other hilarious part here is that the Department of Health in Louisiana says, you know, we accidentally okayed more than 200 products, but we're going to reverse course. If it's inhalable, you can't have it. 
are bad for saying that 200 more of them were fine. We've changed our minds. So until they can sort this whole mess out, at least store owners don't have to worry about having their inventory stolen. Well, that's nice, I guess. Uh, that's what we like to call. It's a step in the right direction. Yeah, a baby step. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Pot regulators in New York are being sued by the big players. This is a group called the Coalition for Access to Regulated and Safe Cannabis. And they're asking the judge to compel state regulators to open up licensing for all retail dispensary applicants immediately. Not just the social equity applicants. Cool. Yeah. And they're alleging unconstitutional overreach and policymaking egregious abdication of duties and actions that put New Yorkers' health and safety at risk. I like it. I can get behind it. Um, and we've seen this before. Yeah. It's got a 50-50 chance of working out. Yep, exactly. <laughs> also in New York, something interesting happened this week, and that is that the union for the sheriff's deputies is questioning the legality of their... Pot shop busts they've been asked to conduct. So the union wrote a letter to Mayor Eric Adams' administration saying, you know, we're not so sure that we're authorized to go into these unlicensed weed shops and take their product. Because we have policy that says we can go conduct retail cigarette inspections, but there's no statute or case law permitting us to go to inspections in weed shops. Interesting. <laughs> so with no such case law, any arrests or property seizure, issuance of civil and criminal violations, that would all be deemed illegal in a violation of the Fourth and maybe Fourteenth Amendment. So uh, the union mentioned in their letter here that they found legislation permitting the New York State Office of Cannabis Management to conduct inspections, but that's it. So it's kind of like, hey, uh, something's got to change, or you can get off your ass and do it yourself. We're not going to risk it. We're not going to put our necks on the line for you. And I like that. Wild West. New York State of Mind. Cool. Yeah? Yeah. Not so cool, though, is this next story. A family was traveling from Georgia to Chicago for a funeral. And as they were driving along on I-24 in Tennessee with their five children asleep in the back of a car, a highway patrolman pulled them over for a dark tint and traveling in the left lane while not actively passing. Yeah, it's the worst thing you can do. Mm. Yeah. I mean pass or hit you know hit the gas or pass i don't know yeah if pass or get over in the right lane yeah yeah but if you're going fast in the left lane like if you are cruising cruising that doesn't bother me no way but yeah something about this tells me it's like weren't. especially because that's a excuse for them to pull you over if you're if it's all by your lonesome and you're just tootling along and there's nobody else in sight and you're in the left lane i'm gonna pull you over well things get a lot worse than just being a left line, uh, left lane hoarder, you know, 
just blocking the way. The trooper decides to search the car and arrests the dad when he finds five grams of weed, which is a misdemeanor in Tennessee. And then he cites the mom, but doesn't arrest her. So the mom was free to leave with the kids, but decided to follow the patrolman to bond the dad out since he got arrested for five grams of weed. When she gets to this justice center, she's approached by three women. Who do you think they are? Who do you think they identify themselves are as? Mm, I don't know. Department of Children's Services. Oh, God. And she asked the mother if she had family in Tennessee because they were taking her kids. So uh, the mom is just like, what are you talking about? I'm not under arrest. I'm just bonding my husband out. We're going to a funeral. It was just a little weed in the car, which is a misdemeanor in Tennessee. The heck is going on? And so the women were like, why don't you leave your kids in the car? No. Go inside and take a drug test. You know, and the mom said, no, just like you did. I'm not comfortable leaving my kids. So they gave her a cup and said, well, why don't you pee in the cup in your car then? And she tried, but she couldn't. Because who could pee in a cup while three ladies are watching you? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Is the answer to that question. She said, no, I can't. And they said, the caseworker, one of them, says to her, well, that's going to make matters a lot worse for you. They should be making matters worse for these caseworkers, and I'm not even fucking joking around about it. So the mom, she's talking to him through a cracked window, and she locks the car doors because she's getting pretty uncomfortable. Six dudes come out of the justice center and surround the car. She Like, she shouldn't be detained, right? She's just there to bond her husband out. Right. What do they do? They put spike strips around the vehicle so she can't leave. Jesus. And she says, like, I'm not planning to leave i shouldn't be detained so she ends up you know she's got to go in to get the husband out to well, i don't know if they're married but mm-hmm. the dad she's got to go in and get him out so they can get back on their way to the funeral so she goes in she posts the bond and they make her sit there for six hours you know six hours go by her with her five kids sitting on a bench, just waiting for him to get out, even though Bond's been posted. You know how these fucking games go. Mm -hmm. Oh, this really boils my blood, you guys. She's got a four-month-old she's breastfeeding, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a five-year-old, and a seven-year-old. Oh, my God. And six hours later, those DCS fucks come up to her and forcibly take her kids away from her, you know? And she's reaching for her screaming, crying baby, and they say, like, you know... You're, you know, they have to restrain her. Fucking death penalty for these fucks. This is the sickest shit you can do to someone. Yeah. So you know why they made her sit there for six hours? Because DCS sought and received an emergency court order to place those kids in state custody. DCS. While she was waiting for the dad to be released. And (laughs) there's no probable cause that these kids are neglected in any way. But the DCS petition says there was no less drastic alternative to take than taking the kids away from their parents. Incorrect, obviously. So it's been a month since that happened, and the kids are still in custody of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. And, you know, the attorneys for this couple are calling these actions extreme, abnormal, and a total violation of their rights. Um, 
they also they do mention that well maybe they got treated differently because they were a black family traveling through rural Tennessee. I don't care what color they are. No one deserves to be treated like this. No. Like no one should have their kids taken away from them. It Not makes me all. sick. It makes me worse than sick. Yeah, I know. I this know. is what self-defense violence is for. So <laughs> DCS uh, got a referral when the arrest happened that both parents had been arrested. And it looks like if you go through the court documents, which the parents have released publicly so that, you know, they can get all the help they can on this. Um, they were corrected. If both parents had been arrested, then obviously someone would have had to watch the kids while they were locked up, you Duh, know? Yeah. Uh, but they weren't. The mom was there. And, um... When DCS discovered that only the dad was arrested, they still went ahead and pursued that emergency custody petition. So six days later, the parents appeared in front of a juvenile judge for the first hearing of this case, and they were asked to submit urine samples or pee tests, you know? So they did. The dad tests positive. The mom tests negative. And they got so upset about that that they asked them to submit hair follicle tests which you can't even use in court because they come back with false positives so often and they did this rapid stat test came back positive for meth fentanyl and oxycodone in both parents which both of them have denied you know i mean this this is all over a little bit of weed it's fucking unconscionable dude so the DCS used the results of that hair follicle test and amended the petition, claiming the children were not only neglected, but they were abused. And the judge agreed with that. So the parents haven't been able to get them back. They're going to court again next Monday. Like I said, it's been a month. So this mom, she's not producing enough milk for her infant anymore because she's not regularly feeding her baby. Right. She doesn't know... If the kids are getting their, you know, an inhaler, they all have asthma, I guess. She doesn't know what they're feeding the baby. It's not breast milk, probably. Probably formula. She's having panic attacks. You know, can't sleep, can't eat. Just sick over... I'm sick over it. So you can only imagine how she feels. The dad, he owns his own trucking company. But because of the trips he has to make to Tennessee to visit the kids and go to court, you know, hire attorneys and stuff. He's on the verge of bankruptcy. And, of course, when they call the kids, the kids are always crying, wanting to go home. When they visit, they don't let go of the parents. So, yeah. It, it, worse still is in this DCS petition that was filed a week after the kids were taken away. <laughs> they write in there that the kids call their dad the weed man. The kids know how to roll a joint. And uh, the kids say that the parents were taking them with to go sell weed. And all I have to say is kids don't say that kind of crap. Kids don't know how to roll joints. It's all fucking really makes your stomach turn, man. Yeah. If you ever listen to the holding rooms between child victims and DCS workers or cops, whoever... They always lead the witness. They just feed the witness shit. Yeah. And the kid's going to say what they think is going to 
get them out of the situation. Exactly. A kid doesn't want to be stuck in that room and they're uncomfortable already. They just want to go home with their parents. So they're just, yeah, trying to speed it up. Oh, you want me to say that? Sure. The kids don't understand and they don't know. And you you can't use a child for testimony most of the time, I would say. And think about those ages. Two, three, yeah, two and three-year-olds say silly things all the time. So, obviously, the parents deny those claims, um, but it's just horrible. This is not America. No. You know? Death to tyrants. Yeah. Abolish the Department of Child Services. They don't help. They make everything way worse. This family was just trying to go to a funeral. You know? Dude, they supply traffickers. They're so fucking dirty. What part of Tennessee did this happen in? It says they were driving on I-24. Um, and let's see. I think it was Coffee County. Yeah, Coffee County Jail is where they took the dad and Probably. all the shit went down. Disgusting. I cried reading that article. Oh, anyways. More gross shit going on in San Marcos, Texas where police are refusing to institute the policy changes following voter-passed decriminalization. You know, Prop A over there passed with 82% of the vote, which would stop officers from arresting or issuing citations to people possessing four ounces or less of pot, with an exception carved out for high-priority felons. So... It does seem like arrests and citations have stopped, but the police chief wrote this three-page memo to his officers saying, I'm not adopting this new policy because I've sworn to uphold Texas state law. And in Texas, you know, weed's not decriminalized. So, womp womp. Then good news out of Virginia, an appeals court ruled that Pot's odor alone is not probable cause to search a parked car. Wee. All right. Yeah, this stemmed from a lady who was smoking a cigarette in her car at a Red Roof Inn. Parked, but the car was running and the window was cracked. And a cop drove by and smelled weed, approached the lady. And this woman did not get the memo that it's shut the fuck up Friday every day. Instead, she, you know, confirmed, oh, yeah, I've, uh, all I have is a blunt. She said that to the officer. So, you know, the officer was like, well, smoking pot and being in a running car, that's like a DUI offense. So we're going to search it and make sure that's all you got and whatever. Lady's like, well, I'm not planning on moving. But didn't matter. Had this warrantless search go down. They found a small plastic bag with a straw in it, a little Coke, a little Coke residue. And this woman was arrested for drug possession. So, in January of 2022, the woman moved to suppress the evidence from the search because the officers didn't have probable cause since weed possession was a decriminalized civil offense at the time in Virginia. Not a crime. And nothing showed that she had been driving recently or planned to drive away. So, there wasn't a uh, clear possibility created that the car contained other contraband or that she was going to be a DUI risk or anything. And the judge agreed. So let it be known that the dank stench of pot alone is not a reason to search the vehicles. Yeah, especially when you're smoking a marb. 
And go, oh, it smells like marijuana. Fuck uh-huh. you. You dishonest fuck. Yeah. Another big fuck you to the UN, whose International Narcotics Control Board is suggesting that the U.S. federal government force states to repeal legalization to maintain compliance with the global drug treaties. Nope, that's a simple way we deal with it. It's just by saying, fuck you. And my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes out of Afghanistan, where the Taliban has decided to ban cultivation of hemp and pot. Jerks. Yeah. And if they catch you growing, they're going to destroy your plantation and uh, punish you with Sharia rules. You know? The Taliban, they're not really that great of guys, man. No. No. And Afghanistan, oh, Afghani Kush, 2010, Afghanistan was the top supplier of weed, according to the UN, even, you know? Hmm. Must be true. Must be true. <laughs> Sounds like straight facts. Yeah, straight facts. Oh, hey, America, why don't you get your states under control? Because uh, weed is still illegal. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm out. Let's leave the UN. I'm done. Anyways, that's my not very chill behind the curtain well, yeah. segment for tonight. Got my feathers all ruffled, man. Yeah. I know someone else whose feathers are all ruffled. Yeah, I'm not the only one. This little baby here. About to lose his damn mind, I think. He's got something to say about it, that's for sure. We know who uh, always keeps calm and carries on, and that's our good friend, the Rev Cyber Trucker. Yeah, Rev. Who's always uh, revving up the engines and uh, giving us a metal moment. And I do have one here. For a three, two, one. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. Hailing from Los Angeles, Butcher Babies is one of those unique bands, being that they have two lead singers. Heidi Shepard and Carla Harvey are two of the best singers I've ever heard, and their vocals and choice of material are rather unique. Releasing their first EP in 2011, they've gone on to tour with a lot of big-name bands. Having already put out three albums, they're now working on a fourth, and releasing a surprise single in February. Filming the video for this single on their tour bus with handheld cameras during a live after-show party, this video is something you definitely want to go see. From an unnamed upcoming album, this is Butcher Babies. Beaver Cage. Who's this? What's that? We all stand in fluid motion, so spun out. Keep the cock to the left. I bend and snap and turn it fucking loosely, cause I'm gonna stop my night with a monotone. Yeah, you're all my friends, so you're playing with me, I don't care, so just let it go. 
getting so blown out. Keep it cut to the right. I'll snap, you bend. I'll saddle up a beastly savage. Gonna end on ice with the Danceable. Yeah, I was jumping around. Yeah. Makes you want to dance, move your legs around. Sweat my nuts off a little bit. Heating things up in the bowl. Dance and move your legs around. Yeah. That's Thank what the you. Rev does. Thank you, Rev. Bringing up that energy. This much needed time in the show. Stumble out from behind the curtain and get shocked back to life. Wow. Uh, you can follow along with the Rev's shenanigans. At Rev Cyber Trucker at NoAgendaSocial.com is where you find that lad. And uh, we also had a little boost come in during the curtain segment. I'm peeking out and I just noticed the pins all over the place here. Uh, 19,760 sats from Dirty Jersey Whore. Hey! And uh, he says, please play the total... Earworm jingle, smoke weed every day. Smoke weed every day. That gets totally stuck in my head. The current movie on deck for the meetup is Dark Side of the Rainbow. Oh my goodness. By the way, in the bowl, y'all. Wow, great pick. Dark Side of the Rainbow. Epic. That's a perfect pick. Oh man. You mind if I do it, Jay? Fantastic. Here, here's a one more time for you. Smoke weed every day. Do you have Tuckers on board? Smoke weed every day. Oh my god, no, I don't. Uh, for shame. I need to grab it. But you do have a... Yes, sir, that is a lot of marijuana. That's a great one, too. And you do have a little uh, jingle for the next segment. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, the next segment where we talk about the first time I ever did a thing. The first time. The first time I ever... And we're talking, of course, about the first time I ever got spanked. And I'm sure that our callers are just lining up to get their experiences across to the bowlers. We also had a voicemail from last show that didn't get played. Before our bowls with buds. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. You are correct. Uh, we had a late call that just barely missed the cutoff. We didn't see it when we moved on. Uh... And that was talking about last week's uh, F-Tie topic. The first time I ever went through D.A.R.E., I believe it was. That's correct. Hey, guys. Rev here. The Rev. This is the first time I ever went through a D.A.R.E. anything. Well, I was actually in high school when it happened. And I think I was, uh, was either a sophomore or a junior at the time. But they had a little special thing for the last half of school after everybody was done with lunch. We went in, and I recognized a friend of the family. It was uh, Officer, then Officer, no, actually then Detective Parker. He was uh, he was the one doing the, the little spiel thing and, and kind of like the master of ceremonies, but we got all that over with, and I was walking home, and I took a little side uh, a little side trip and went over to uh, Detective Parker's house and bought an eighth off of him. 
In the bowl. Oh, shit. In the bowl. Whoa. That's the most epic dare story. Buy weed from my dare officer. Oh, my God. Safe and effective. Incredible. They've got the plug. Yeah, absolutely. A whole catalog, perhaps. Absolutely. I'm just letting that sink in. It's a beautiful thing. (laughs) Uh, You can also text the uh, voicemail line. We often point that out. 816-607-3663 can accept text and picture messages. Uh, The text line sent us a picture of a t-shirt earlier (laughs) tonight. Uh, The t-shirt reads, I got lockjaw doing graveyard shifts at the dick sucking factory, and all I got was lockjaw, as previously mentioned. (laughs) That's a rough one. Yeah, it is rough. (laughs) It's not exactly getting spanked, but uh, I might actually prefer prefer the spanking. Oh, I definitely would. To lockjaw for sure. No doubt about that. Uh, Lockjaw's a killer. This next caller uh, warned me to play the second voicemail because the first voicemail caused the uh, computer to freeze up. Oh, no. Some sort of something. So uh, here's the one that's good. Yeah, well, this is... Yeah, we're going to try this again, and hopefully the browser won't crash this time. My entire computer locked up. I was trying to do this uh, this uh, this call uh, using Google Voice to uh, to another Google Voice number to uh, to to say hi to the bowlers. So I haven't so said hi to in a very long time. How's it been, uh, phone boy? Yeah, it's been a hot minute since I've uh, since I've called in, and hopefully this time the call will actually be successful. I don't know what happened with the last one because my Spank browser just computer. completely shit the bed and lost everything. So we're going to try this again. First time I ever got spanked that, that I remember getting spanked was uh, actually at a at a at a, uh, at a at a school that I went to as a as a young young child. I went to a I went to a Christian private school, and uh, that's how they punished people back in the day. Is they uh, they actually spanked you? And um, yeah, and I got I mean I got spanked a few times by parents, but yes, I remember you know the the, the, the part that always annoyed me was being forced to pray to God afterwards for forgiveness. Say I'm not real fond of that. I don't. I'm, I don't. I don't think any uh, person should uh, prescribe. Um, well, what what the relationship that you and uh, you know that you you and the universe or you and God, whatever you perceive him or her to be. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody should be prescribing that. That's why I'm not a huge fan of organized religion. But mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that I don't believe that there isn't something else greater than us out there. Yeah, I mean it certainly brought brought Phoenix and I together. I mean, uh, you know, it's a it's it's been an amazing journey, y'all. Um, all has been a huge part of it, and uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I know I've been a little absent. I've been kind of kind of doing my own thing, you know. This uh, you know, we've got this thing called the Lotus Effect. I'm sure yes. you've heard of it uh, by now. You may have heard of it. You're enjoying uh, all of the the great stuff that we're doing, but uh, yeah, I do miss uh, I do miss uh, Tuesday nights in the bowl. But uh, you know, life's been uh, getting in the way lately, so. Um, I know it. Uh, I make an effort tonight to say hello and uh, you know and, and see how y'all are doing. It's uh, not to say that I don't uh, appreciate everything that's, uh, that, uh, that's going on, but you know, yeah, life and say life just gets in the way sometimes. And hopefully tonight uh, we should be able to get some uh, get some bowl listening in and uh, you know have some fun in the chat. But yeah, that's just been real crazy all between uh, with with everything going on with me and with Phoenix and everything. Just we, we've got a lot we've got a lot of stuff happening. So. 
and have not been participating. But hopefully, um, you know, we'll we'll get back. We will we will uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the bowl with y'all. Uh, certainly pass it around. Hell yeah, the bowl, y'all in the bowl. In the bowl. Boy. And I've been enjoying seeing Phone Boy and Phoenix in the chat tonight. Yeah, good to hear from you, my man. Yeah, we used to get a, a voicemail from Phone Boy every day, every uh, show for the. That whole uh, first or maybe even, uh, even the tougher part of the journey he is describing um, in a time where he had to be a little bit more vague and coy about the journey itself and uh, watching that whole thing evolve. But yeah, that's funny. That's uh, great timing because I kind of said the same thing initially Yep. at the beginning of the show, you know, I like... Got all these all these friends do these great shows and have these great thoughts and are fun to hang out with and talk with and uh, I just can't uh, do everybody's every week all the time so I understand totally and completely. Um, but we love you all. It's that paradox because you understand you know that it's okay and uh, you understand that I understand it's okay but you're still sad because like you <laughs> yeah. feel like you're missing out. You have that you have that miss out thing. I feel it too. Snow, I feel it too, man. But it's all good. I know all about life uh, taking you crazy places and stretching you to your absolute, what you think is your maximum for what you can uh, cram into a day and do. So, yeah, good to hear from you. That was very nice. You remember the first time you ever got spanked? Yeah, I do, because it only happened once. Wow. Well, okay, that's a lie. I was going to say. Because recently I was spanked for being naughty. Okay. But anyways, it's only happened <laughs> one time in my childhood because once was enough. And I was like, okay. Wow. I'm going to listen now. That's all it took. Yes. Uh, Seems uh, super effective. It was. It was. So I was raised with my great grandma. And one day I decided to play hide and seek away from her, without her knowing I was playing hide-and-seek, you know? So I <laughs> crawled under the cabinets, like under the sink, into the way-back cabinets where normal-sized adults cannot get to, and you have to send a toddler to retrieve things. And I just hung out there, and I just thought I was great, and she told me to come out, and I didn't, and I just kept hanging out there. And uh, so when I finally got hungry or whatever and decided to come out of the cabinet, I got my ass beat. <laughs> Not really. She spanked me with her hand. Yeah. On the butt. And, you know, clothes on. Whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just, like, it shook me to the core. Because I didn't know she was that mad, I guess. You know, like, I was just having fun. Right. And then someone, an adult, is like, you know, bad. Mm-hmm. And so then I just always listened to my Nana. <laughs> While I was being raised under her roof. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. The last time I got spanked, I was <laughs> opening the car door a little too fast, and it was in the garage, and it bumped into the bowl door, and it was a new car, you know. It bumped loud enough that it got the wolf real angry and <laughs> came over and spanked my butt. I started talking back, too, though. That was the, it was the sass that took you there. Yeah, the, the sass that led to spanking to the ass. 
I don't remember what I said, but you, you were just basically trying to say it didn't matter and like who cares? Yeah, because I just love tap. I'm better the, than you and all the this. bowl. I, that is not even true. <laughs> I just okay. I opened the door and it just went bonk against the bowl door, and like the car door is way more sturdy than the bowl door. So I was just like, yeah, whatever. And you're like, that better never happen again. <laughs> and I was like. It really wasn't anything. And you just insisted, like, it was a big deal. And I kept trying to downplay it. And then I started laughing. I think my fault was when I started laughing because I started getting nervous and I started laughing. Mm. And you just were... <laughs> you came around that car, grabbed me by the belt, spanked <laughs> me on the ass. <laughs> and, but guess what? I haven't hit the car door into the bowl door ever again since that happened, so... There you go. Yeah. It was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Uh, this next caller is pretty funny. Hi, 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 hi. It's, uh, it's, uh, what is it? Two people in a row staying the night at our house. Oh. Tuesday. Nice. No Tolkien or whatever. Um, anyway, yeah. So last night, tonight. So I guess that's why it's Tuesday. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Great. Most excellent. Enjoyed uh, the episode with Mr. Cotton Gin. Uh, with the bowl, with the the bud, the, the bowl bud thing going on yeah. uh, Sunday or whatever. Anyway, yeah. So go listen to it. Um, bowls and buds and bowls and bowls. So I don't remember the first time I got spanked. I was a wee little one, I'm sure, and uh, like no, it was a year or two ago. Um, another story. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the first time I got spanked. I remember getting kind of spanked, and it was it was nothing like usually painful or nothing. I mean, it wasn't like ever like painful. It was just kind of quick swat, if you will. And uh, I do remember one time having to cut a cut a branch and and do the whole uh, switch thing. Oh damn, um, that's old school. But, uh, yeah. But uh, I know the wife and I talked about it. We're not we're not really a fan of it. Um, just known people who have uh, spanked in when they were angry, which is you know not a good thing. Not uh, not the best lesson. I would I think we can probably all agree on that. And uh, then it's just kind of the why. And uh, although I don't have kids. Uh, you know, sometimes the nephews and nieces are acting up and you're just like, ah, you know, kind of deal with when you're watching them for an extended period of time and you want to do something, but like, nope, this is not the way to deal with it. This is not, you know, when I do this in the adult world or when they're adults and that's what you're training them up to be. So yes, just rather not spank. Uh, yeah. So don't remember the first time in that's my little diatribe on, uh, spanking. So. Anywho, 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 anywho. Well, it's uh, going to go for two days in a row of running. Nice. And, uh, yeah, instead of uh, taking a day off, so in between. All right, I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And whether or not it's windy or it's sunny, if it's rainy or it's snowy, go ahead and give a big old... Oh. 
Epica. He's had some hang time on those cacaws lately. Yeah, it was an epic one. No doubt. Epica. Epica. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely um a fine line between spanking and then just like raging out. Yeah, just hurting them. Yeah. Just to hurt them. Yeah. yeah. In my experience, well, first of all, it's not really even like uh considered okay to even talk about shit like this, which is kind of mind-blowing. Because it's like you can't even uh, just be honest with other people in most scenarios. But uh, in in my experience, uh, w- when you have a kid and you're raising them up, there has to be this negotiation uh, stance of there's everything always on the table and everything is always on the table and everything is always an option. For me, because I'm the parent. And, um, you know, you, you you always have to keep anger in check. Yeah. Because, obviously, that's, that's not, uh, you're not even training at that point, you know? You're just raging out and getting frustrations out. On a kid. On a when, kid, When you're trying yeah. to correct a behavior or and explain to them what's going on. But, uh, no, just, uh, for me personally, to say anything is ever off the table is just a, 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 a poor tactic for my personal choice. And another thing is that I don't ever tell people how to, how to do it themselves, you know? Everybody has to come and make that own choice for themselves and, and put their own home together and raise their own children. And the result of what's working or what's not working is spoken for in your children and how they are and how they act and how they, you know, greet people and um, further your love into the world, really. I mean, that's what children are. They're a continuation of your love and yourself into the world for when you're gone. And so you want to make sure that uh, that love is strong and respectful and resilient and and knows how to behave, and, and, and that's every parent's uh, task to come up with on their own. So I, I have a great deal of respect for it. Yeah, set me straight. <laughs> <laughs> I only got spanked the one time. I'm telling you, I, I don't really remember like the first time I got spanked exactly, but I do. my, my great-grandma spanked my ass. Oh, yeah? Uh, when I was quite young, it's like, oh damn, I was probably only four or maybe, yeah, probably not quite five. My sister was two, and uh, we were running down the hallway in her house from the bedroom through the hall to the living room, and we were running and we jump and we land on the couch cushions. We like take all the couch cushions out and made a pile of them. So we'd run, jump, land on the couch cushions. That sounds fun. And my grandma was like, you better stop it. You better stop it. She said it like a few different times, right? Mm, uh Uh-oh. And we did it again. And she was like saying this from her bedroom. You better stop it. Okay. And then we like sneaked back, got ready. I don't know. We're probably not that sneaky that that young. We were like (laughs) giggling and being like, okay, is that enough time has passed, right? And we come running down for this third jump launch. And she emerges out of the kitchen, which was at the end of the hallway, right before the living room. She just 
appears out of the kitchen with this spoon and just whack, whack both of our asses as we ran by. <laughs> and we didn't even know how she got into the kitchen from her bedroom. Like she stealthily went into the kitchen, <laughs> grabbed a spoon and laid it down on us as we ran by that third time. And we put the couch cushions right back and went was like straight to sleep. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Grandma might be a ninja. I'm not sure. That's wild. I'm not sure, but uh, I used to get a wooden spoon that was like the the uh, stick of choice, which I'm not really crazy on uh, a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer the hand. Yep. The hand is nice because you can, f- you got direct feedback. You can feel what's going on there. Uh, but I do remember distinctly, I'll never forget this. I was in Walmart. I was maybe s- seven years old. Uh, and there was a kid in front of us. We were checking out at Walmart. It was my mom and my sister and I. We were checking out at Walmart. The kid in front of us wanted a candy bar at Walmart, and his mom said no, and then he threw, like, the biggest public fit I've ever seen a kid throw before or since ever in my life. Mm. The whole screaming, flopping down on his back, and pounding and kicking his feet against the floor. Just an absolute meltdown for which i would have got my cage rattled for in a second like that my mom would have whisked me off to the bathroom because she would take me to the bathroom and whip my ass you know if we were out somewhere did she bring the wooden spoon no it was just like with her hand over the knee to the hand to the hand yeah but she you know i mean i didn't have to do that all the time yeah, exactly. You do that once or twice, and then you know that's there. And then if you're asked, do you want to go to the bathroom, you know that's a <laughs> legitimate threat. And you're like, no, I don't. And then you act right. And then that becomes a tool. It's like you don't have to actually go all the way very often at all if there's a reminder that that is on the table and it can happen and it can go there. And remember last time it did? It wasn't cool for either of us. Remember that? Yep. So you want to go there again or do you want to chill out and listen to me? So this kid's uh, having an ape shit meltdown. And his mom grabs the candy bar and throws it on the belt. Oh. Buys no. him the candy bar. So she rewarded that behavior. She bought him the fucking candy bar for having a freak out. And I, like, my mouth was wide open. I bet. I could not believe my eyes at what was happening before me. And I didn't, like, I couldn't look away from the kid. I was just, like, fixated in horror. And then I just, like, leaned to my mom. And I was like, Mom, thank you for whooping my ass. Thank you for never letting me act like that kid is acting right there. And ever since, like, I just got that moment, I got it. I understood it. I was like, thank you. Thank you for, because I know I'm a kid. It's hard to stay on task, stay focused. I mean, I've always had that problem, especially when I was a kid. I've sort of kind of gotten a little bit better at it over time but you know kids are just like they're so in the moment they're like right now what's going on right now and you can forget all the other stuff like you're supposed to behave and you're supposed to act a certain way and you're supposed to not be so loud their only problem is having too much fun too much fun (laughs) and so you know if if you are psychologically brought up in this way where oh if i if i flop down kick around and embarrass my mom she'll give in and i can basically run her the kid's going to do that because you've trained him to do that. Yeah. I was trained in a different way, which I 
have tremendous respect for my mom uh, for for doing. Yep. And always have since I was a little kid. I fucking realized that. And I got my ass whooped a few times after that too. But you know, I always was like, "Wow, like, okay, I get it. I deserve that. I had that coming, actually. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, you know, didn't get with the program. Like, it's like you always get the fair warnings, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, uh, how many times did I have to say it? Oh, yeah, you kind of did say it a lot of times. I I did never have the switch march though, where. they basically send you out to the yard and say, pick a switch and bring it back to me and I'm going to whoop your ass with it. Oh, man. <laughs> Some old school shit. That is. But. Uh, That's intense. Yeah. Nothing worse than seeing a kid out in public that's not your own that you want to spank. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. hey. I mean, the the classic parent threat that's never taken all the way is like, I brought you in this world, I can take you out, you know? Yeah. But like. Fuck, it's gotta be on the table still, you know? Like, you've gotta at least have an environment where you're like, hey, we don't want to get all the way this crazy, right? Exactly. Because uh, obviously it's never gonna go there. But, uh, the the absolute uh, necessity is you've, you've gotta raise your children up to act correctly, behave correctly. And uh, sometimes that takes a little bit of physical stuff. Um, and you hate for it to come to that, and you always explain why afterward. It's always in love. It has to be in love and not anger. I yep. think that's a great point to always drive home, because I think we uh, can remember times where it didn't seem like it was in love, it was in anger. Uh, although I really didn't have that myself growing up. It was always like very spelled out. Hey, you're getting your ass whooped. This is why. Then an ass whooping. And then, hey, sit down. I had to whoop your ass. Tell me why. Like, let's talk about it. You know? I always appreciated that about my parents. Like, they never really, like, flew off the handle about it. Yeah, that's the key. Uh, This next caller, I'm sure he got his ass whooped a couple times. Howdy, bowlers. No, no, Um, hey. I can't think exactly of the first time that I got... Banked. They all run together, right? Uh, I know, uh, I think I had, like, a tough ass or something like that, or I, uh, <laughs> you don't want to say a calloused ass, it sounds a little bit, uh, <laughs> woo, uh, what you doing with that ass, so it's callous, but, uh, maybe, uh, my ass was dead in the paint, that's not any better, um, <laughs> But, like, my mom, I don't know, maybe, you know what, my mom probably didn't uh, put enough into it uh, when she she would spank me with her hand. So I did end up getting the the yardstick uh, quite a bit. Uh, That sound bitch hurt uh, until I figured out if you stepped, like, if my mom was swinging, if you stepped into, like, closer to her, it would screw up the swing, and it, you'd hit, like, in the middle or maybe t- closer to her hands, and the, the oh, yardstick yeah. would break, like, every time. Nice. Uh, after Iron about ass. the third time that I did it, uh, I laughed after I did it, and <laughs> she realized I knew what I was doing <laughs> oh, when I did what I did. Uh, yeah, so she pulled out this fly swatter. Uh, the fly swatter does not break, uh, if anybody wants to know. A wire fly swatter nope. with a plastic uh, swatting end on it does not 
does not break on your ass no matter what. It, it actually might contour to your ass and hurt even more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, not that I didn't deserve this. This wasn't any kind of, like, uh, mommy dearest uh, kind of situation. Right. Uh, I could be a shithead uh, back yep. in my youth. But the worst spanking that I ever got that was from somebody spanking me with their hand was my grandfather, my mom's dad. And uh, it was from me jumping up and down with hard candy on the sofa. Oh, no. And I kept doing it and doing it and doing it until he uh, he smacked the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, he smacked me pretty hard, and uh, it hurt like a son of a bitch. And then my mom was actually <laughs> upset that he had done oh. that because he used to spank my mom and her brothers quite uh, vigorously, <laughs> and she she always thought that that was quite uh, uh, masochistic, to say the least. I mean, yeah. everybody was well-mannered in that family, mind you. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so <clears throat> that's uh, my tale in the bowl. In the Just bowl. Just in time. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nailed the timing. Beautiful. He's back, baby. Yeah. In the bowl. In the bowl, net Ned. Somebody spanked him right into the uh, <laughs> tight time. Mm. Yeah, you you obviously have to uh, walk that line, you know, between uh, shirking your duty and uh, just being a bastard and just hurting people because you want to hurt people. And that's kind of... Uh, it's our, it, it permeates into everything in life, right? Yeah. Every everything you do, every day you wake up, every time you walk out of your house, every time you get behind the wheel of a car, every time you uh make eye contact with somebody, every time you have a conversation, every time you have a deadline approaching, every time you have to go to work, you are faced with a, a big series of choices, you know, and doing something might have certain consequences and other consequences if you don't do something for inaction. And we all have to decide, how can I do the right thing? And uh, obviously, nobody's perfect. But we got to help each other be better. And when it's your kid, you know, you're directly responsible for every fucking single thing that they do. Yep. While they're your kid. Until they're adults, that's on you. And so, you know, obviously, I think that the line there is like, you have to... Put yourself in that position, like your kid is an extension of you, and so you are hard on yourself, and you would want somebody to be hard on you uh, if you're if you're way out of line. You'd want somebody to rein it in and uh, kind of help make things better. Yeah. But you also won't want to like hate yourself and torture yourself and say mean things to yourself or just be like cruel, unnecessarily cruel to yourself. And uh, the same goes for your children. So yeah, I think that there's a a, a definite um, purpose for spanking some ass. Definitely, and I also understand that you can get through it without doing it ever. Yeah, misdirection is fun, but uh, that's not like how I was brought up, and that's not like my understanding of how to of how to go about it personally. That's all. I also hate being told what to do and I hate telling other people what to do and so I avoid doing it. Yeah. 
Like everybody's got to, that's, that's why I say everybody's got to choose their own path and come to their own shit, you know? And I don't, I don't automatically assume somebody's like weak or doesn't have good kids because they don't spank. And I do. Yeah. I also hate doing it. You never want to get there. Like if you're having to do it constantly, then it's not working. Yeah. Obviously. It's one of those things that you don't have to do it all the time. Yeah, it's the hey, let's go to the bathroom. Oh no, yeah. correct my way. Like, oh, this is a you're approaching this territory. Let's make a correction before we get there. Exactly. And the cool. And part- sometimes the kids will just not. They'll just push it and push it and push it, like we did with the jumping on the cushions thing. You know, we'll just like we'll hear stop, and we'll keep laughing and doing it anyway. And that's where there's no other. You know, it's like hey. Just said stop, and you're not stopping. Now you're going to stop. Guarantee it. Yep. A little little law laying down, you know. Yeah. The cool thing with our multiple kids is that they do tend to police themselves. Yes. They're always trying to keep the other ones out of trouble. (laughs) Yeah, it gets a little harder sorting out who did what. Yeah, that, and they are solution-oriented now. They yeah. try to cover their tracks. They're real good. Yeah, that's that's the great way to be is solutions-oriented because if I don't know the thing got broke or a mess got made or whatever got whatever, then fine. It's It literally is as though it didn't happen in my world. Exactly. And that's fine. If you take care of your own problems, they don't become my problems, I don't have to come in and correct them. Yep. Everybody wins. I'm all for it. Love it. Oh, well, uh, what's next week? That one was uh, kind of a deep one. We, we, yeah. don't, we don't usually get too real on the first time I ever, you know, but that was, I feel like that was a real one. Spanking. Then we got to add like flogging <laughs> to the list. For some reason, we got flogged. Is that, oh, my God. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, spanking can be fun too. Did we choke on something? I feel like we've done that yep, one. Yep, we did. First time I ever choked on something. I forgot to cross it off the list. Uh, let's see. First time I got my blood drawn. Do we have first time I ever planted something on that list, too? Because it's spring now. It is spring. And yeah, there it is. I believe that was a bully seed suggestion. First time I ever planted something. I like it. Let's do it. All right. So next week, or any time between now and next Tuesday, you should call 816-607-3663 and tell us about the first time you ever planted something. All right. It's in the books. Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. So imagine you get this vacation rental in central Colorado. It's got an in-ground hot tub. And you're just sitting there enjoying the hot tub with your wife. When you feel something, grab your head. And it kind of hurts. And it's a friggin' mountain lion. Oh my god, no thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, in this case, the dude screamed and uh, splashed water at the mountain lion, and the wife decided to shine a flashlight at it, and it did run away without doing too much damage to the dude's head. Oh, my God. I guess he had four superficial scratches by his right ear and on top of his head. He declined medical treatment. Grab him with his paws? Yeah. Oh, man. Just come up to see. It's like, ooh, what is this? A pumpkin? No, it's a human head. I feel like the mountain lion wasn't so sure either. That's why you always have to carry a super soaker in the hot tub. <laughs> you just got to blast a lion in the face with some super hot water. Yeah. 
Maybe he just wanted a dip, you know? Maybe. Maybe he was uh, feeling chilly. Yeah. Anyways, the mountain lion went up to the top of a hill and watched them, so they decided, eh, let's go inside. And they did. And uh, they called the property owner, who also happens to work for the Colorado Parks and Wildlife and he said that that was the first reported mountain lion attack on a person since February 2022. Mm. So we made it a whole year without a mountain lion attack in Colorado. No, oh, that's pretty good. This guy ruined it. This mountain lion ruined it. Mountain lion, mind your business, dog. Mind yeah. your business. Seriously. Let us hot tub in peace. It's not that much to ask. Hot tub, man. I would not be prepared for a mountain lion attack in a hot tub. Oh, you just feel like jelly there. Florida man made the news. Oh, he allegedly slapped a woman in the face with a pizza slice. <laughs> and so, uh, he got arrested on a battery charge. Wait a second. Yeah. I'm waiting. Slapping a woman with a piece of pizza? Yeah. So, it, this is weird, because it's actually a spanking story. Is it an anchovy pizza, or, like, just regular pepperoni? They don't get into the specifics. Was it hot enough to be, like, Bernie hot, or was it, like... Nothing about her getting burned. <sighs> I don't like this. I don't either. You can, like, throw a ner nerf ball at somebody, and it's assault, right? Because it's just, like, the letter of the law type shit. But I don't like this whole thing, you know, where it's, like, uh, zero tolerance everything. Yeah. Zero tolerance everything means that you can't do shit. You can't do anything. There's no middle ground at all. Yeah. It reminds me of the spanking. There's thing. no reasonable uh, place with within which to operate. Yeah. So what happened here was there was a 911 call that ended up being a hang up. And, you oh, know, great. with smartphones, it's pretty easy to butt dial 911. It's too easy. All I got to do is, like, accidentally hit the side of my phone five times in a row, and then it's all of a sudden, what, 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 what's your emergency? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? Why is my pocket talking? I didn't call you. I had to disable that uh, feature. Good for you. On my fucking supposedly smartphone. Yeah. Dumb phone. God damn it. So deputies had to respond, because you never know if someone's in a really bad situation when 911 gets us dialed, yeah. and they don't say anything. Yeah. Um, Gotta make sure. So they see this 39-year-old guy, and he says, yeah, I just had an argument with this lady friend. And he goes on to tell them, like, she physically disciplined another individual in the home on his bottom. Okay, he said it that's like that? That's the description. No, that's how the journalist wrote it, or the <laughs> you know press release that gets regurgitated into the news. So I don't know if she's spanking a kid. I don't know if she's love tapping an adult, you know, her boyfriend or something. Mm -hmm. But she. Uh, That's how they write it in the She physically report. disciplines another individual in the home on his bottom area. Okay. Maybe he doesn't even have a butt because it's the bottom area. You know? Sure. Could have been the back of the thigh, maybe, or. Oh, sure. Yeah. Bottom of his foot. Yeah. All the way down there by the toesies. Could have been. So he admits, like. Yeah, so I slapped her on the left side of the face with a slice of pizza Ugh. that I threw at her because we were arguing because she physically disciplined someone. And the woman came out and she had pizza sauce on her shirt, <laughs> on her collar, <laughs> on the back, some remnants in her hair around her ear. 
Oh. She was just covered in pizza sauce. It was quite evident she had been smacked with pizza. Absolutely slapped with a slice. Yeah. Oh, my God. And deputies went in. They found pizza sauce on the walls, a little on the ceiling in the kitchen area. Oh, boy. And they detained the man. Get the fucking forensics out on the pizza sauce. He threw... It's not even like he walked up to her with a pizza slice in his hand behind it and gave her a good whack. Yeah. He threw a pizza slice at her face and it hit her. Sure. I just don't it's fucking ignorant. know how that can hurt. It's it's ignorant though. I would also. be it's ignorant. That's ignorant. It's ignorant. But it's hilarious. There's like, just this is, so much wrong with this. This is the kind of thing that the two of them should have just packed a bowl, sat down, taken a hit without saying anything, and then just laughed. Because that's ridiculous. And then cleaned up the mess together. Like, you gotta, first of all, be on the same page when it comes to how your kids are raised and the disciplinary actions of that. Have to be on the same page. Always. If you find yourself on even a slightly different paragraph, you gotta regroup and get to the same fucking spot. Yep. You are allies. That's what a marriage is, an alliance. And so if you're off even a little bit on that kind of shit, it's not you're you're not going to track. Bullshit is going to happen like this. And then if you've got some beef with it, you have to talk it out. You can't let it escalate to this spurging out, oh, I'm going to call the cops. Oh, I dialed the cops. Now we have the cops involved. No, exactly. Now now we have the cops involved. Welcome to Retardsville. That will never get sorted right. They're going to write down this kind of fucking state shit. Oh, we get you playing on the bottom area. Some fucking sanitized bullshit. Guarantee nobody said that out loud. No. But that's what goes in the report. Oh, my God. And then you're throwing a piece of pizza at a grown-ass woman as a grown-ass man. Uh, what's that supposed to accomplish? Other than getting you arrested for assault. Good job. Good job, man. Yeah. It feels like a spanking argument, doesn't it, though? It does feel like that. It feels like these two adults had oh, a disagreement on spanking. We agreed that we would never spank them. And then uh, you get into it. You know? And then you throw so the it's pizza. It's like, well, if you agreed to that, then you got to stick to that. And if you want to renegotiate that, you got to renegotiate that. But if you agreed to that, then you can't go spanking. Because that's the agreement. Because that's an alliance. That's how it works. It's marriage. You can renegotiate shit like adults. Say, well, maybe we should explore this because it was getting out of hand and this and that. Or you stick to what you fucking agreed to. And I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't know these people. Right. We don't even really know what happened. But if uh, some pizza becomes airborne and it wasn't children doing it, then we got problems. Uh, Yeah, seriously. He should have just spanked her. He should have. And that's, by the way, (laughs) part of why spanking is the preferable uh, corporal punishment because it's a big, fatty muscly meaty part of your ass that can hurt quite a bit in the moment but it also can take a lot of pain without any kind of long-term physical damage i'm convinced that uh part of the reason we even evolved a a big ass is just to have a spot like that (laughs) to be disciplined without really taking any damage points perhaps perhaps makes sense uh, they didn't specify what kind of pizza it was, and the location of the pizza box is unknown. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to... Like, did they waste the whole rest of the pizza, man? I was going to eat that. 
Oh, I know. Now you're throwing it at a lady. Come on, man. Sort your shit out. Seriously. Well, this next story is uh, what happens when a cemetery keeper tries to sort some stuff out. Uh-oh. Hey, Blossom. You made a mess again. Blossom came to us a few years ago with a... Another domestic goose. We named them Bud and Blossom. Um, Unfortunately, we lost Bud this past year. She's kind of been lonely ever since, and it's gotten worse just here recently, and we're having behavior issues with her. Standing in front of our office door and pecking on the glass and peering in, maybe looking at her reflection. They're going to have to spank a goose now? And then she's pooing on our our doormat. She posted a personal ad. The red in part, lonely widowed domestic goose seeks life partner for companionship and occasional shenanigans. I'm youthful, adventurous, and lively. So the phone rings? Mm-hmm. And what do you hear? Honk, 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 honk. No, I didn't hear anything like that. <laughs> Instead, she heard humans Deb and Randy Hoyt, owners of a widower goose named Frankie. He needed a mate. Yeah, and plus he, he's so lonely. You know, I thought, well, that'll be great, you know. And so they set up a blind date where Blossom welcomed Frankie with open wings. They started walking off together, and they haven't really left each other's side since. Oh, my God. Lon- love story. <laughs> Lonelygeeseonly.com, baby. <laughs> Unbreak your heart today. That really turned around. It did. It did. The B-roll just broke my heart on this. Uh, There's like one shot of this goose standing in front of a very shiny tombstone looking at herself. And it just made me feel really sad, man. But now she's got Frankie. And it's all good. And that's what I liked about it. It had a happy ending. I like the happy ending, man. Yeah. Happily ever after for the geese. Nice. Till one of them croaks, of course. Yeah. Oh, this is almost, some guy almost croaked here. Uh Uh-oh. Firefighters got called in Virginia because a man became pinned underneath a 2,000-pound safe that he was trying to unload. That doesn't sound very safe at all. It's not. It was not. They had to use airbags to lift the safe up off of him and get him out. They should call it a 2,000-pound dangerous. Yeah, they should call it a dangerous. You dropped it on someone's head and they are dead. I mean, it's not just the cartoons, you know. It's real life, too. Yeah. Safe falling on you. You don't want that. And I just imagine this guy trying to move a 2,000-pound safe by himself. That's not very smart. Yeah, it's just a stubborn asshole guy. So I don't know how they got called, if someone found him or what. I can handle it. No worries. Oh, shit. Call the cops. Call the ambulance. Yeah. Just smack. I, I bet he wasn't even saying that. I bet he was probably out. Because no, he was probably saying, oh, God. Yeah. They said they had to fly him from the scene oh, to treat God. his injuries. So uh, no update there. <laughs> was he stealing it? Harf Hat asks. I do not believe so. Because that wasn't mentioned, but then again, hmm. it's opposite world now. I mean, the honkening has begun. That's right. <laughs> With that goose story. So. We're, we're at full honk, people. Honk levels like you never imagined. That's right. Uh, 
another almost unimaginable story. So juicy, I had to clip it. Oh boy. Didn't think nothing of it. I turned the corner. This man who turned the corner does home inspections. Oh God. And he's okay. in inspecting the attic of a home. Didn't think nothing of it. I turned the corner and just looking around at the work and I noticed what I thought was a fake stuffed gator of some sort. And then I started continuing doing my job and then I looked back at him and realized he was moving and breathing. Oh God. I second guessed what he was because he didn't, really didn't move at first. He was kind of asleep, I guess. But once I shined my flashlight on his head, his eyes did open and give me a wink, let me know I'm alive. Uh, my door got left open over the weekend and he came in from a marsh area and tracked through the house. The builder arrived Monday morning and realized there was mud in the house. Wasn't sure where it was from, but he did call people in to clean and repaint some areas. Work continued for a day and a half until I arrived and discovered him. It was an experience that I'll never forget and I'll be able to share for a very long time. I'm just <laughs> thankful that no one got hurt. No doubt. He tells the story like a home inspector. For sure. It's but all just, just the facts. How did the alligator get into the attic? It came from a marsh area, clearly. I get the dragon mud through the house, you know, yeah. but attics imply there were either stairs or a ladder. Yeah. How? How does a big alligator get up there? I don't know, man. Gators do some marvelous things every once in a while, you know? It's a mystery to me. How did he reach the little pull-down thing? I do. That's exactly what I imagined was an alligator just standing up with its little stubby arm, doing a little jump, grabbing that little hanging cord. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of places that just have a door up, up to the attic, you know, and you walk up a full f set of stairs. Yeah, I guess an alligator Mo could do stairs. Mostly older places like the have that, but uh, yeah. Oh, alligator absolutely can do stairs. What would motivate an alligator to go into the attic of a house? I am not familiar with the uh, inner workings of the alligator's motivations. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Reptiles. It's just like a big-ass lizard. It can do what it wants, really. He was trying to transform, <laughs> right? He was like, no one will find me here. Yeah. I can finally shed my alligator skin and be the human self I want to be to get into American politics. But no, this home <laughs> inspector came along and thwarted his plan. Cut his plan to run for office short, yeah. Man, yeah. I think you're onto something there. Always check your new home for alligators in the attic. You never know. Like, you never know when you're going to be reunited with something you lost over a decade ago. This woman had a fisherman bring her a camera that she lost in a river 13 years ago when she was tubing. <laughs> Just to bring us back a little bit, this was an Olympus Stylus 790SW. You ever have like a little Olympus camera? Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days when people had cameras and not just phones. But anyways, on the camera was pictures of her dog's puppies going to 12 different countries in Europe when she was studying abroad, her bachelorette party, and even her wedding day. So this dude, by the name of Spencer, 
was no out way. fishing, and he saw a camera in the river and picked it up, posted a picture of it to Face Bag, and somehow, I guess the card inside was still good to go because he uploaded her photos to that legacy social media crap forum with the comment, did you get married on June 12th, 2010 in the Durango area? Did you have an ugly brown stretch station wagon at your bachelorette party? (laughs) Do you recognize any of these people? And word got to her and she was like, holy cow, that's my camera. And I was devastated when I lost it. She said she remembered crying when she couldn't find it when she dropped it while tubing and being really drunk. As one is. Yeah. Floating tubing. You know the drill. There's always brewskis involved. I had the uh, nine cotton cool picks. Oh. Cool picks. Yeah. Some totally uh, plebeian level camera. Yeah, mine. (laughs) I can't even remember the maker name. Like it wasn't a DSLR. It was just a. Point and shoot. Point and of, shoot. Yeah. Point and click. Dee dee. Yeah, and it was it, mine was pretty small. The last one I had, it fit comfortably in my hand, and I have baby hands. So yeah, now everyone's got phones. Oh, that's cute. Yes. Yeah, I see like the cool pics. I think I once had a cool pics. In fact. Now I always liked those ones that had the slider on the front. I think that's what you were talking about with the Olympus. Like, yeah. The front would slide over and then the camera would go and zoom out of there. Yep. And then you'd have to like slide it back till it hit the lens and then the lens would back back in there and you could slide it back the rest of the way. That was fun. It was fun. You know, even disposable cameras were a lot of fun. Oh, totally. Still are. Still are. You know what's not fun though? Is waking up... Putting some clothes or bathroom on to go Ugh. check the mail and finding a dead cat left in your mailbox. Oh, man. That's not valid mail, man. That's no. A, that's a federal offense, man. Should be. It is. <laughs> well, police are investigating how this could have happened uh, because one person in New Jersey woke up and found a dead cat in their mailbox. Hate it when that happens. But their neighbor had some home security camera device set up and caught a guy walking, carrying a dead cat. Oh, it's got to be the guy. Up the driveway after 10 p.m. on March 12th. They don't uh, capture him putting it in the mailbox, but, you know. Yeah, it was... Not many guys walking around with dead cats, That's my I guess. Presume. That'd be my guess. Apparently, the cat looked like it was hit by a car. Oof. So then my brain went, hmm, if I hit a cat with my car, (laughs) there would be no part of me that wants to get out and pick up the body and put it in a mailbox. But maybe that's what that guy was thinking. Like, oh, crap, I hit this cat. I got to do something with it. Maybe the note was lost. Like, somewhere there's a piece of paper and, like, with green crayon, it says, like, sorry I hit your cat. All poorly (laughs) spelled with backwards Backwards R's. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe he was just trying to do the right thing and he didn't know. Uh, yeah. He just didn't know. Yeah, you know. They didn't have a kitty door or a dog door, you know, so there's the mailbox. 
The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, they say that. Yeah. They also say that people were getting some pink water out of their taps in Colorado. Pink water, huh? Yeah. Pink water. It didn't stink or anything, though. It was just pink. Oh, well, that makes it better. Yeah, but they finally figured out what was going on. Uh, seems like it's been going on for about a month. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I am totally wrong. It's only been going on for a couple of days. Nothing to worry about okay. here, folks. Just a couple of days of pink water, you know. Yeah, that's no big deal. So they sent samples to an a lab. They actually outsourced it also. Both of the results came back like, oh, there's nothing abnormal going on here. We don't know what this pink stuff is. Hmm. Come to find out, a local business accidentally discharged 20 gallons of concentrated dye into the municipal sewer collection system. Whoopsie-daisy. Which caused the pink color. And they accidentally did this between March 12th and March 14th. So they said, the water is going to be pink until all the dye passes through. And we don't know of any adverse biological impacts. And it hasn't interrupted... You know, the treatment operation at the facility, so it's all good. Don't worry about it. Seems fine. Yes, fine. As you sip your pink water, wow. stay hydrated. Gotta love it. <laughs> stay thirsty, friends. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would be doing if my water was coming out pink. Uh, but I don't know what I would be doing if I was one of the people in this next story. I think I might be kind of excited. Uber Eats and similar services have been on overdrive in one Highland Park neighborhood. That's Los Angeles. One man tells us he had 13 deliveries in one day, nothing of which he ordered. Then he discovered neighbors with similar treat-filled tales. Low-fat milk to Danish to chicken McNuggets, french fries. Wow. Uh, an egg croissant. It was like a nice treat at first, and then when it became... You know, too much food at once. You know, we try to find places to donate it and give it away. The focal point is a stretch of Rangeview Avenue. We started getting uh, deliveries about two weeks ago, and it was bag after bag after bag, sometimes three at a time. Must be in the fucking morning, nice. Five Must in the be fucking nice. Richie Culture shared pictures of his unsolicited Starbucks stash, for example, and some of the drivers delivering the frothy or food-based freebies. Culture posted a sign at his front door saying no deliveries, but the surprises kept coming. At the peak of the onslaught, he was getting 10 bags a day, and the names on the packages were not his or those of anyone in his household. No one has been charged for the mystery merchandise. Yeah, my first thought was someone's trying to figure out if they're home. Hmm. Yeah, but like... What, 10 times a day? Yeah. Dude, you just figure it out and then you're done with that. No, this is something weird. It's a glitch! It's a glitch, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, so I was looking into if there's any investigation, whatever. Yeah. You know, the company has said that they've deactivated quite a few accounts. Hmm. I just wonder if it's, like, credit. Mary Pranksters, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But hey, if free food shows up at my door, I'd be into it. Probably eating it. Yeah. It's like that cheesecake that was poisoned story. Yeah. Definitely would have eaten it also. Yeah. Makes you easy to kill, but it also makes you uh, not hungry. 
Yeah, exactly. And they're talking about, we got so much of this random food delivered that we're looking for places to donate it. I was like, oh, man, I don't know anything about that life. (laughs) No such thing as too much food in my house. Yeah, it'll get eaten. Oh, yeah. One dude, though, he got 13 deliveries in one day. That's That's crazy. That's a lot. If you're a single dude, bag after bag. Bag after bag till you're fat. And finally, I got one more Florida story for you, and this is a good one. Uh Uh-oh. A family from North Dakota went to South Florida for a shark fishing adventure and managed, after 40 minutes of tugging and pulling, to capture a great white shark. Holy moly. Yeah. The captain said that's the second great white shark that he's caught or, you know, had caught on his ship. Mm Mm-hmm. In 15 years. Damn. And he's been doing it for 20 years. So they took pictures of the shark, tagged it, and then released it. Oh, a little catch and release shark action. Yep. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah. The kids named it the Koufax Crusher. (laughs) Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, it's hard to imagine reeling in a shark. Yeah, no doubt. Let alone a great white. You definitely need your, uh, all your muscles developed. Yeah, 40 minutes it took them, but they got it. Well, Bullard's been hanging out longer than it takes to reel in a great white shark, and for that, we thank you. Much appreciation, much love. We do not have a Bulls with Bud schedule this week. Uh, So we will be seeing you at the regular time. Uh, Well, the old regular time. We're still doing that 10 central start. Uh, but the regular day, for sure, that's Tuesday, just like today was, till it wasn't any longer. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say I'll see you next Tuesday, lovely bowlers. And until then, I'm going to stay Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. So when are we smoking some weed? Grow on. Smoking a bowl, sir. Wow. I am really high. Get me a bottle of whiskey and a bowl. Smoke weed every day. We have blunts here. I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. In the bold. I should probably try it. It's good shit. Oh, this is kind of interesting, but all right, I'm pretty high.